This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday on The Monty Show, as always, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, I tell you, every single day on the show, Grum, that Hey, if you've been in a wreck, if you were hurt at work, my guys, get to theadvocates.com because you're never going to reach in your pocket to scratch them a check to get the best legal representation. That's not how they do business. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Theadvocates.com, where you can chat with an attorney right now for free. By the way, the advocates are partnered with The Road Home, the foremost homeless Uh, Advocates in the country partnering with the Best Entry Attorneys to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. You guys, if you've got a dollar, if you've got five dollars, a million dollars, please consider Venmoing the Advocates today. Uh, They are trying to give a sense of normalcy uh, to homeless kids this Halloween. Imagine, you know, when you were a kid, think about your favorite costume. I've talked about it all week that Walter Payton of the Bears was my guy as a kid. I can vividly remember putting on that Walter Payton t-shirt with that that Bears helmet, that feeling of walking up to doors and being normal and hanging out with kids, just being a kid for five minutes. That's what the advocates are trying to do for homeless kids who cannot afford a Halloween costume. Let's hook it up. There's their Venmo. Let me get the graphic off the screen so you can screenshot that. A dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, whatever you have to give, please consider it today. Um, when you fill out the Venmo in the, in the, uh, message box, please, if you could consider putting the Monty show Halloween, that'd be great. That really helps the program. Thank you so much for supporting the advocates right here on the Monty show. Boy, a busy, busy day for you on the show. And I want to start with this Pat McAfee situation, Pat McAfee versus Washington state, because this just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And as somebody that worked at ESPN, I understand the grind and I understand the professional standard that goes into everything they do at ESPN. And Pat McAfee attacking Washington State on college game day, which has essentially lit the world on fire, um, all about, you know, I, I think it's 292 consecutive college game day shows where a Washington State flag has made an appearance and... I don't know what the rub with Pat McAfee in Washington State is, but Jake, I'm pretty sure this is a bad look for ESPN. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's tough because College Game Day has has for a long time, for certainly as long as I've been alive, has been a staple of college football and a staple of that Saturday morning sort of routine, and and it's kind of built into you know what what you do on Saturdays. You know, you're you're in the fall. It's, it's chilly outside. You got the hoodie on. Game day's on the TV. You're figuring out what you're going to make for food. Like, it's just part of what we do as fans. And I think, you know, the Pat McAfee um, experience, let's say, uh, at ESPN so far has been an interesting one. I do think overall, up until this point, it had been pretty good for ESPN. I think he had brought this young energy that I think the network really needed. But right now, I think the trouble is, is that Pat, is struggling to find the balance between professional ESPN high quality feel 
and what he does on his show on the YouTube side. And I think this is truly the discussion. Everyone thinks, okay, well, if you do a show on YouTube, that automatically means it's a little looser, it's a little less professional, it's a little more casual. And, and with Pat's style, I think that's kind of where they like to be. They like it to feel like right. four or five guys just sitting around a table chilling and talking sports. But that's not what game day's been. And I think we miss that that certain edge that game day has brought over the years. College game day is not bro talk. That's what it's not. And I think if you've watched this show for any amount of time, you know that I am a big Pat McAfee fan. I like his show. I try to watch his show every day. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers and Nick Saban and an all-star list of guests every day on that show, I mean, I think it's must-watch for sports fans. But I understand that tank tops and curse words and, you know, the bro sports talk vibe does not necessarily resonate with a lot of people. And now this thing with Washington State and Pat McAfee, and, and the struggle that I have is Washington State, in my mind, is always the underdog. And a lot of it is no fault of their own. I think Washington State, whether it's this Pac-2 situation, whether it is trying to figure out how to, you know, to keep D1 status, like they just perpetually find themselves running uphill. And I think when you're college game day, your job is not to pile on misery to people who already have it. Your job is to talk football and get us ready for a big day of college football. And piling on Washington State, who does largely a lot of things on the fields and courts of, of athletic competition very well. Say what you want about Kirk Schultz as a sports administrator. I get their debt issues. I get the Rollercock situation. Totally understand that. Mm -hmm. But what good does it do for arguably ESPN's most high visual talent in a guy like Pat McAfee who has more airtime on ESPN than any other personality at the network now. What good does it do for Pat McAfee to completely alienate Washington State who has got great fans that turn out at games, that turn on TVs, that spend money, that support the program? I don't understand what the thought process was in a guy in Pat McAfee, who I think is one of the high bars and one of the great examples of how to be successful as a sports personality in 2023, I think this is a massive, massive mistake alienating one of the most passionate fan bases in the Pac-12 and, frankly, one of the fan bases that turns on the TV to watch sports. One of the fan bases, Pat, that watches your show. This is a huge mistake from Pat McAfee, and we're not the only ones saying it. Obviously, Washington State has a lot of alumni, including Ryan Leaf, who did not take kindly to what Pat McAfee said. Uh, yeah, the Cougs were, uh, had a chance this weekend to do something really special. Uh, college Game Day was always a show that celebrated college and football. The flag too, the Washington they always State have. Flag. Yeah. They've always been a show that celebrates college football. Instead, they chose to make it a joke because Washington State and Oregon State, unfortunately, don't have a conference. Mm. And mm. it is the no one wants us bowl. But to watch Lee say it and then go like, like that and McAfee just laugh and mm. make it a joke, that's the problem. You had an opportunity to celebrate two teams that are going through incredible adversity. And both those coaching staffs have got these 18 to 23-year-olds bought into something, 
and they go out and they play their tails off and they're both ranked. No one wants us bull. And sure enough, that's how you celebrate them mm -hmm. instead of making it a joke. And that was my that was my only thing that I had to say. I don't have a fault. I've known Kirk Hurt Street forever. College mm -hmm. game day has been an institution in my family and everything like that. You just had an opportunity. You fell short, just like I did a bunch of times in my life. And I feel like I'm comfortable enough to, to call you out on. Wow. Well said. And I, I had the great fortune of working with Ryan Leaf at my, uh, during my time at ESPN. And I think he is one of the most passionate supporters of, of Washington State. I think it's shocking that Pat did this. Like, I think this is a huge mistake. I, I know that ESPN has spoken to Pat McAfee about this, um, or at least I heard that they have. I, I, I just, now I don't know how you fix this because you're invested in this guy. Yeah. And by some reports, it's $50 million a year that ESPN is paying him. Like, you're invested in this guy. He's out front. I think this is a real mess for, for ESPN. Yeah, and, and, you know, the question about what was the thought process. Well, I don't think there was a thought process, and I think that's both the best thing about Pat's show and the worst part, right? I mean, one of, Pat produces great moments on his show because he's in the moment and he thrives by just, hey, what did what did this person say? How can I react? Right. I mean, that's and I'm not even that's not a criticism. I truly believe that's what makes his show great. When those guys have a moment on that show or the Aaron Rodgers stuff or wh whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right. Like in the moment stuff with Pat McAfee is what makes the show great. But at the same time, uh, it, it has its downsides. And, and I think that this was always going to be the challenge with Pat. And it is a mess for ESPN right now having to figure out okay you know how do we how do we get Pat McAfee to be OG Pat McAfee when he's doing his show on our network and then on his channel obviously but then how do we get that same guy to reel it in a little bit and to play more within the ESPN parameters on game day because that's the challenge and and I think Pat McAfee understands and probably you know and again speculating but probably has a pretty healthy like of himself and a healthy like of the following he's created uh, i mean i would think so and i respect that but ultimately like you're never bulletproof and i think that you know okay this is the first time something's like this happened uh something like this has happened involving pat on espn on college game day okay first time if it never happens again this is the nothing will ever happen to pat but i think if there continues to be issues, then I think you're forcing ESPN's hand. Like to but your you're, point, but you're not a Pat McAfee guy. Like you don't, you don't. And I'm not trying to speak for you. I don't feel like you like watching his show. I think you would far rather watch Jim Rome than Pat McAfee. And most days we do. Like you're, you're like. I mean, I, I don't get the general feeling that you're. Do you want him on game day? Like, do you like him on game day? Like, I mean, I like the energy that he brings to game day, but I don't like him making an ass of himself on game day. Like, game day, in my opinion, was desperate for a new energetic face. That's just my opinion, though. That You may disagree with that, but I think game well, day had be Game day needed something. It, it wasn't good enough that they were just in this place and you had a couple of marquee names talking about college football across the board, including the location that they were at. That They had been doing it for so long that it kind of, in my opinion, lost the that specialness that made you turn it on. Like, sure. you had it on, but it wasn't like, my God, I got to turn game day on today. It's just, you just relied on it. You knew what was going to be on. Pat, 
I thought it was a genius idea to bring Pat in to do game day because Pat McAfee brings a younger audience. Game day was already the show that, while yes, was professional, brought an edge, talk college football, X's and O's, also had a lot of fun with Lee Corso and mascot heads and all the different things that they would do with Desmond Howard. And like, we know what game day it is. But the thing before Pat was is game day was safe for ESPN. Now Pat's removed that layer because of what he said about Washington State. And so it's this- and it really was about Washington State fans. Like what you're seeing on the screen, like he's going after Washington State fans. Like anything that has happened to Washington State, like that, like their fan base has any fault in it. Yeah. And Washington State fan watches television. Like they have great TV ratings. They're having a great season. They're a great story in the Pac-12. Like, did you guys see this letter that Pat Chun, the the athletic director, wrote to the Division One Council? He, like, he's asking for this. Is a letter from Pat Chun, the athletic director at Washington State. He is asking for help from from the the D1 Council. If you read the last paragraph, um, you know, spirit of teamwork and in. in uh, camaraderie that is underscored throughout college athletics. As this process unfolds, we ask for compassion, understanding, and flexibility in navigating NCAA governance stat- uh, structure and potential legislative waivers. Mm-hmm. Like they're in a no-win situation. We talked about this with Oregon State yesterday. We've talked about this with Washington State. Why Pat McAfee chose to go after Washington State fans, I just, I don't understand well, it. and again, 100% my opinion, just my observations on his show. Disagree if you like. Pat McAfee is never someone who talks in detail about anything they talk about on his show. That's just my opinion. Pat himself. Now, the other guys on his show, and they do a great job of this, they find an awesome balance. Pat talks in a lot of generalities about the topics they're discussing, and then the other guys on the show, the hammer as they call it, will bring in the detail, will bring in the finite. And I think it's brilliant. The problem is when you want to talk about realignment, when you want to talk about expansion, or even a sniff of that were to come up on game day, what's the first thing that a guy like Pat's going to go to? Well, he's going to go to what he knows the instinctually. Easy the and, easy and button. And I think that's where Pat got in trouble on this because, again, it, it, it is a sensitive subject if you're a Washington State or Oregon State fan. It just is. And you are Naturally. not at fault. Of course, right? Like, And so I, I don't – there wasn't a strategy here. The question we should be asking is how has ESPN not got a tighter grip on Pat McAfee when it comes to game day? That's what we need to be asking. That's the, a great the, question. The Pat McAfee show was one thing. Okay, hey, it's your show. You know the rules. You know when you're on our network and when you're just on your YouTube channel? Okay, great. That's pretty straightforward. But game day was also pretty straightforward until you decided to go scorched earth on Washington State fans. Because in my opinion, Pat is not, based on the lack of conversation about it and then making comments like this, I don't... I'm not confident that Pat McAfee could have an intelligent, in-depth conversation about Washington State's position in college football realignment and expansion right now if he walked in the room. Yeah, I just, I wish. And I think because uh, of that, that's why you get things like this. And I wish we could play the bite. We can't. Obviously, it's copyrighted by ESPN. They own it. Yeah. But it was essentially a joke with Lee Corso and 
it was poorly executed. And it was in reference to the fact that Washington State has had somebody fly their flag at college game day, and it's usually this one particular fan, 292 consecutive college game day shows. I mean, think about how long that is. That the Washington State flag has been somewhere in that show. Yeah. And it's remarkable. Yeah, I we just, want to criticize know. that. We want to we wanna make fun of that. And it's like, dude, yeah. so there's somebody going around the country with you making a Washington State it's flag a, it's appearance? A it's a fan. It's one Washington State fan, and they did a story on ESPN on it. That's the part that's so mind-numbing. They did a great feature piece on it. And this guy goes to all the different locations, drives across the country, takes a flag with him and makes sure the Washington state flag is there. And Pat went on this rant about like all the way back to 2009 when Washington state was not good. And, and the thing that came to my mind and I saw it, I watched it when this happened. And the thing I was thinking is who the fuck cares about, excuse my French, who cares about 2009, man? That was 15 years ago. Yeah. Who cares? Like, why are you bringing up? Why are you making it personal and taking a jab at them? Yeah. And then, of course, the great radio wizard from the Northwest had to get involved um, and wrote a column about Pat McAfee. Um, again, this week, McAfee went after the uh, after the kid picked last on the playground. So wait, did you just insult Washington State? Is that what you did, John Canzano, by calling them the kid that got picked last on the playground? Here, And this is exactly what's wrong with John Canzano. On ESPN College Game Day, he said, shut up, Washington State. Then a couple of days later, he laid into the Cougars on his own show, insisting Washington State should be grateful for the exposure it gets. As if ESPN were a philanthropist. Canzano continued, the irony is that McAfee is more like Washington State than he'd ever admit. Okay, John, tell me you know nothing about sports media without telling me you know nothing about sports media. The story goes he borrowed $100 from a friend in high school, lied to his parents, entered a poker tournament, and won enough money to fund a trip to Miami for a punting showcase. He did enough to get on West Virginia University, which might as well be Washington State for the purpose of this discussion. And he goes on to talk about how McAfee's a seventh-round draft pick. You know, like, dig into his story. He's He likes to portray himself as an underdog kid who dreamed of living in a home with a staircase and now resides in the biggest mansion in the best neighborhood on television. Well, the only problem with that, Kinzano, or Clownzano, uh, is Pat McAfee actually does live in the biggest house with the, the huge staircase and... Pat McAfee is the face of sports talk in our country. Yeah, which is why this is getting so much run, which is the other point we can't Which forget. is why anybody cares. Yeah. And I got news for you. If you borrow $100 from your friend to enter a poker tournament so that you can afford to go to a punting showcase and get a college scholarship, here, let me drive you to Miami. Let me pay for the airline ticket for you. That's not something to mock Pat McAfee over. And again, it's John Clownzano the great radio wizard of the Northwest, you know, and picking up on these comments, I totally understand it and I get it. But are you, are you serious that you just called Washington State the kid picked last on the playground? So are you no better than Pat McAfee? Like, this is what we do in this country. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, 
hey, Pat McAfee's a great American story. He's a great American businessman. He's an entrepreneur who built a brand. Now, did he say something really stupid again? Yes, he did. But does that mean he's not a great entrepreneur? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that Pat McAfee is, you know, some kind of drug of society? No, it doesn't. Does that take away from the fact that he was making $30 million a year from FanDuel alone on a, on a YouTube show? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Does that mean that Dave Portnoy just is a terrible entrepreneur because of how he treats women? Uh, no. Is he a, a, a jag bag for the way he treats women? Yes. Is, is Portnoy a terrible businessman? No. Is he a drag of society? Yes. Is he a terrible businessman? No. Right? Like, we tend to do this. And I, I don't understand it. And the, the last two things I'll say before we get to your comments, because you're way more important than we are. Stop shaming successful people in this country. Please, I'm begging you to stop going after people who bust their ass to build a brand and build a business and are successful and they then say things you don't like so we tear them down altogether. Shut up, John Canzano. If you want to go after Pat McAfee for what he said about Washington State, I'm all good with that. I'm here for that. If you're trying to go after Pat McAfee because he borrowed 100 bucks to enter a poker tournament because he could not afford to go to a punting showcase in Miami to get a college scholarship at West Virginia, you should probably go away. You, you should definitely go away because there's nothing wrong with that story. No, it's the ultimate American nothing. dream story. And it, it drives me crazy that it's almost in this country taboo to be wealthy anymore. And I'm tired of hearing about it. And I'm tired of trying to tear down guys who are. Okay. They're Sorry, into the folks, that's what it is. It drives me crazy. It really is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. That we that we do that. I just can't, you know. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, I'm more important than this show. I need this validation. You are. You are far more important than this show. That's why we tell you uh, that you should go get six free bucked up uh, buck shots right now. You guys, we are halfway to our monthly goal. It's, goal. it's four days into the month. There's 400 people watching the show. Let's get on it right now. We need 100 people today to go and get six free buckshot samples right now. You get a six-pack for free in the description of the show below. It is clean, long-lasting energy, 200 milligrams of caffeine from all natural sources, and they put that into a bottle with a bunch of really good brain food to give you a mental lift, to give you mental clarity so you can get through your day. Maybe you have a long drive. Maybe you have a pivot table or an Excel spreadsheet or a huge presentation or a big phone call you got to make. Hook it up. Bang a buck shot. And trust me when I say this, we are 24 minutes into the show. Watch the energy and enthusiasms, enthusiasms that and are stuff. straight ahead because we chose Buckshot to power us through the Monty show. Mm -mm. Man, I'm on the Blue Raz trail too. I love it. Blue Raz and watermelon are my two favorite Bomb. flavors. You get them both in the sampler. Go get it right now. In the description below, just click the link, fill out the information. They'll send you six free buck shots right to your front door from Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. In the description below, go hook it up. Let's get your comments in here. Who's the first one in today? Let's go all the way. We already have over 1,000 comments. So let's go all the way back to the top. 
and see who's the first one in today. It's Jeff Woodworth. I'm for real. Jeff Woodworth, my guy, what's I'm up? He real. says, uh, who knew McAfee has a problem with cougars? Somehow I don't think that's what your point is. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby number two says Pat McMuffin. Shaner from Arizona. What's up, Shaner? Second, well, third. Uh, what's up, Kevin the Destroyer? Good to see you. Uh, Big Blue Horses. He's a former kicker. Explains quite a bit. Odd ducks. Kickers are odd ducks. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Kevin the Destroyer, probably the richest kicker in history. I don't disagree with that. Absolutely. Don't disagree with that. Jeff Woodworth, well, I asked for the dude, told me to F off. Best customer service call ever. (laughs) Jeff Woodworth said, let me call the Taco Bell hotline and find out. What did I miss here? Mexican Pizza Wednesday, it is National Taco Day. Yep. We'll absolutely talk about that. Appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, John Teal gives us $2. Pat is like a teenager with a Porsche, a-hole. He does come off like that. And I think... Sports talk in this country, it's very much the same with Stephen A. Smith. It is very much the same with uh, Skip Bayless, Jim Rome, uh, Cowherd. You either like them or you don't. I'm sure it's like that on our show. Right. I mean, I don't put us in that class or whatever, but you either like us or, or you probably don't. I don't know. But I think everybody has a flavor. And Pat McAfee wearing a tank top and, uh, you know, a bro-fro and... You, there's a lot of people. I'm sure that turns off. Yeah, I, just, I'm sure. I, I yeah. I, I think every show has its own flavor. There's no doubt, uh, and that would include us. And I, I think that, you know, there's certainly some resentment for what you know the the heights that Pat has reached. There's some resentment for just how good you know Pat has has it. And I think that. You know, he, he, I'm not, I'm not one of the people, you know, obviously being in the industry, I'm not going to sit here and say that Pat's lucky to be where he is. I think he's worked hard for a lot of years and done a lot of things and made a lot of investments uh, to get to where he is. But the, the reality of the situation is there are people who think he is a sellout. There are people who think that because he got paid all that money, you know, at FanDuel and then of course ESPN that now he's he feels like he's an elitist and you know the the show is going to change a little bit but my opinion is i think the show has not changed that much uh i think the only thing that's changed a ton is that they're just pounding espn talent into the show i'm constantly oh, well, getting Schefter, freaking everybody Orlovsky. on that show and, and you know, like Orlovsky is a good example. I actually like Dan. I, I like what he does. I respect his X's and O's game. Are you generally an ESPN fan? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Fox hater, ESPN fan for sure. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know. I, I just haven't been head over. I've never been head over heels with Pat, but I've never been like, man, I hate his show. I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's Pat's show. It's not bad. Bro, what's up with the sunlight? Bro, what are, are, is the sun shining onto you? That's, I just caught a glimmer of the sun in my eye. When has that started? I guess like, the I never angle get of the that. sun changed. God damn it. Well, it, it, let me just... You scoot on I'll just, over there, I'll just sit all the way over here. Okay. I, like, okay. You know. Okay. Dadgummit. <laughs> uh, Raider Mark, uh, more unscripted and nonconformist take by Pat will probably have me tune in more. Really? That's interesting. Well, okay. and that's one of the biggest criticisms of the older sports talk generation, right? 
you know, Dan Patrick, Jim Rome certainly might be the biggest criticism of his show. Uh, certainly Cowherd. Uh, there are many, many people. The next time someone DMs me and says, man, like, how could Cowherd come out with this ridiculous take? Do you really think that Colin Cowherd comes up with the dumb stuff he says? No. Dude, he's got an army behind him coming up with takes to get to get time on Twitter. I mean, that's that's what Fox does. And so, like with Jim Rome, Jim Rome definitely feels scripted. Jim Rome's definitely a guy that is very structured in how they do the show. Very like, hey, same thing every day, two guests, you know, 30-minute opening block. Like, that's how they do that show. Well, and I can tell you, having worked on Jim's show, Jim writes all of his own stuff. He writes all of his own takes. Uh, I know people that work for Colin Cowherd. He has a staff of writers. Uh, I know people that work for Dan Patrick. He was much the same. Like, when you get to a certain level, you just have more, you have more assets. You have more resources. And a guy like Jim Rome takes a lot of pride in re writing his own stuff. Now, Having said that, he plugs it all into a teleprompter and he reads it, which I, if that's how you do you, do you. Like, I don't care about that. Like, we we don't have a staff. We we formulate all our own takes. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe someday we will, but I don't begrudge guys for having resources. But I think it's the feel of the show. Yes, Colin Cowherd is canned, and he has guys that write for him. Um, from what I understand, a guy like Jim Rome does not. A guy like Pat McAfee, I don't think... I don't know that Pat himself prepares at a very high level because he does not seem to always be educated on the stuff they talk about. I watched I watched shows like that, obviously working in the industry. I watch TV a little differently. Right. I watch ball games differently than you do. Um, and you can tell when somebody's prepared. Yeah. You can tell when somebody is prepared. And There's that, no doubt about that. And that's my thing for Pat. It, it goes back to that point I was making about 10 minutes ago with ESPN and how they need to handle Pat. Pat on his show... Do whatever the hell you want to do. Obviously, you got to keep it in 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 constraints for ESPN. Okay, we get it. But generally speaking, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. On game day, though, okay, we may not necessarily need a teleprompter and a script, but you got to have a general understanding about how far you can take it and where the line is. And I think that's the hard part for Pat because, like I was saying, he's such an in-the-moment guy. He thrives yeah. Yeah. in the moment, and I love him for it, but – it does come back to bite him in the ass. Yep. I I don't disagree with that at all. Um, let's see. U.S. Mail says only real men make good punters. Punting is not an easy job. No. Um, so they need artificial stimulants to get through their own shows? No. But when you have the ability to work with a company like Bucked Up and you use a product like Buckshot, why would I want not? Why would I not want more mental clarity? Yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. Um, let's see, Aaron Wilson, that beam of light on Monty's face is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's bright. It is, it is, that's never. I never thought we'd have that problem in this particular. That is never, ha and there is a, there's a, a window wall to my left. It's never been a problem before. Never. I, I've never, that's bizarre. We'll have to try and figure that out. Uh, but you know. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, 1,000 likes and Monty will go live in a tank top. I mean, sure, if you guys want to <laughs> if you guys want to try and bet that out, go for it. Everybody, make sure you hit uh, the like button. Um, I know that everybody likes hitting those hearts and hitting the 100s I see every day on the show. There Do you go. It. Light it up. Let's go. I appreciate that. 
Um, and by the way, we are rocketing towards 40,000 subs. If you are not a subscriber on the show, please consider it. Uh, we always appreciate that. Hit subscribe um, and give us a thumbs up. That really helps the channel grow. Let's keep reading your comments as we talk about Pat McAfee versus Washington State. Hey, Tone. Bob Kemp was the best ever, hands down. Bob is still on the radio, I think, in Phoenix. Is he, he is. Not? He is. He yes. used to work with Bob Kemp. Uh, Salty Drunk, what's up, my Australian what's up, man? friend? Uh, isn't that what they pay Pat for? He's just staying on brand. Stop being so petty, Washington State. But I, I actually disagree uh, with you, yeah, Salty. Yeah. I think Pat is paid to entertain. He is not paid to attack viewers. And, you know, it's one of those things where. I think college game day is a very different beast than the Pat McAfee show. And it's why a lot of people criticized ESPN when they laid off a guy like David Pollack. Um, you know, when Gene Wojciechowski got laid off that show and you have all these really professional analysts and journalists that were part of that show. And it really was a news and interview program. And now it's be, it has become bro football talk. Yes. I don't disagree with that at all. And I like Herbie and I like Lee Corso and, Reese Davis and all those guys, I like I like them, but college game day is not nearly as enjoyable as it was. It is no longer, and I don't know that it'll ever be, but it is no longer must-watch TV. It isn't. And this sun Dude, is just owning brutal. me. This sun is just up in the face. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, I think the hard part is, is like game day's been the way it's been for how long? I don't even know when game day originated like when it first was created or started it's been on so long and i think that's the thing like the, all those names you just talk about pat stands out from that group both good and bad yeah. right like like pat mcafee is is a brand and he's great and i i'm not even sitting here saying he does a bad show it's not my favorite show if you're asking me if i can listen to it absolutely i can listen to pat mcafee or frankly watch Pat McAfee, much longer than I could ever listen to Dan Patrick or Colin Cowherd, certainly, or or even Jim Rome. I mean, I do like Jim's opening take more than I like Pat McAfee's show on the whole most of the time. Yeah. But the problem with Jim Rome's show is it gets boring because what he does is he rolls out this fat-ass opening segment and then he does two guests back to back, and so you're in guest mode for like an hour, and, and it kills it. Yeah, yeah. And I, so then I wind up on Pat, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Like I'm getting, like I love Pat when Aaron Rodgers is on. I love when Nick Saban's on. I love when I'm getting X's and O's out of Dan Orlovsky. But when Pat doesn't have guests and he doesn't have that crutch to lean on, I don't enjoy it as much. And it's the opposite for Jim. I like Jim more when he doesn't have guests. That's yeah. the hard part. When Jim's just delivering takes, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, all right, a couple more on this. Hawkeye fan in Indy. What's up? Good to see you. When Pat took a swim in uh, Broad Ripple Canal and was arrested, he made T-shirts that said Broad, Broad Ripple Swim Team and sold them for $20 each. Hashtag brilliant. I agree. Yeah. He is, and, and that's the thing that I think um, Clownzano doesn't understand. Like, you can rip Pat McAfee for a lot of things. Being a bad businessman is not one of them. Yeah. And it, I understand a lot of people don't like the tank top thing, and I totally get it. But that brand has made him hundreds of millions of dollars. And the other thing I think a lot of people don't see is he. it's not like he's hanging on to all his money for himself. I mean, his people are well-paid. 
his philanthropic efforts. I mean, the guy gives away more money. Look how much money he gives away on game day or tries to, but A.J. Hawk and those guys can't hit jump shots or kick field goals. Because but it's they, they do a they do a lot that guys like Clownzano who don't watch his show don't know about. Yeah. So you just blindly rip him, and it it, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. Uh, let's see. Um, Brandon Unruh, as a Big Twelve fan, I wish Washington State and OU were accepted into the conference. OSU, rather. Uh, I understand the reason against it, but I also think the reasons are overblown. Power comes in numbers, and both had good programs. Well, I just – and we covered it. If you want to go back and watch the show from yesterday and two days ago, like, we've we've had ex- extensive – Strength in numbers is precisely why it didn't happen. So. I think it's one of the major reasons. I think it's absolutely one of the major reasons – the Calfords in the ACC and not in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, I think the Big Twelve is very leery of that, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I truly do. Mike Smith, Monty, close the window. You got Rudolph nose going, but it's white instead of red. I, the window is closed. <laughs> I wish I could show you guys. The window is closed, and the blinds are down. The the, the reason this hasn't happened before is because we were in summer, so the sun was much higher in the sky, so the angle wasn't there. Now we're in fall, sun's a little lower, as it always does every year, and now it has that angle. So if this continues to be an issue, we will we will solve the problem. Carl Adams, what's up, Carl? Canzano's story didn't show what they had in common. Pat McAfee is successful, Washington State isn't. As a business entity, Washington State is not successful. They're insolvent athletically. It's awfully difficult to argue that point, right? But... That John Canzano's biggest problem is he he has no ability to relate. John Canzano's not successful. John Canzano's not on Pat McAfee's level. He's not, and he's tried, and he's never been able to get there. So, of course, he's going to try and cut the legs out from under a guy like Pat McAfee. Like, I totally understand that. The disappointing part is he should he is more talented than that. Mm-hmm. Washington State is a successful athletic program. It is a... On the field and on the court, it is successful. TV revenue and ratings. TV revenue, they're not that successful. TV ratings, I mean, they're unquestioned. I don't know how you question the numbers Washington State has because they pull good TV numbers. The problem is their administration for several regimes now has not done a good job with their budgets and banked on something that was never going to come to reality with Kirk Schultz in the Pac-12 network and – it's not that Washington State is unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. They're just not smart money-wise. And now their athletic department is essentially un- insolvent, unfortunately. Which is sad. Yeah, it is. Conference Commissioner Gumby, what's up with you? Salty probably likes koala pizza. <laughs> so see what he did there? Because Salty's Australian, and the koala bear is Australian. So it's like Australian koala and Australian. Pizza. Koala, and koala pizza. pizza and stuff. Um, by the way, we're watching the Rays game, uh, seven to one Tampa is about to get eliminated and I'm about to get piped by Randy Rosarena. Um, because I had him more six and a half hitter fantasy points and he's at three Nathan Avaldi came through huge for me and Randy Rosarena did not. And I am going to probably die here unless Randy Rosarena gets another at bat, which I hope he does. I don't know that he will or not, but. I hope he does because I need a Rosarena to come through here. So my prize picks took an interesting turn. Okay. 
Taylor Wall, the shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm yes. not quite sure what happened here, but in my prize picks currently, it says reboot. So when prize picks says reboot, either the player didn't finish the game or something happened where prize picks says, hey, we're not going to penalize you for that guy not coming through because they either left the game or something happened. So Taylor Wall is now off my ledger, which, oh boy. which helps me. Although the problem with that is, is now my prize picks revert down to a lower level if I do in fact win. So long story short, I have to have Freddie Peralta of the Milwaukee Brewers yeah. walk less than two guys, and I need Sal Freelich, the outfielder, to have one strikeout. If that happens, I win. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about mine. Nate Navaldi, obviously a Rosarena is not going to come through. But Corbin Carroll, Aaron Nolan, Zach Allen, um, I think are really solid. There is a Zach Allen promo in the Prize Picks app right now for three and a half strikeouts, which I would remind you I doubled down on, so I did get that. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to get piped by Randy Rosarena here, so I'm not going to win the high tier. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Carroll, Nola, and Gallon <laughs> all come through for me, but... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, this is. I have been on a prize pick slide like I cannot even. Yeah, you've been describe. on a cold streak, bro. It has been very tough. Daniel Dixon, baseball over till next year, says Cub fans. Uh, they choked the season away, please. Dude. There's no reason to get. Don't, don't even bring it up. Don't even bring it up. Um, let's see. What? Koalas have chlamydia, monkeys have herpes. And Mike Smith says, you say that like it's a bad thing, JK. Bro, what are we doing? <laughs> what are you guys what doing? What are we doing, man? Dakota Tubbs says, free lick. You getting a free lick out of prize picks tonight? Yeah, dude. Yep. yep. Yeah, let's hope so. I think I've hit it every time. Let's hope so. Uh, Northeast Ohio boys, a state fan. Like I said before, if Washington State were relevant, they'd have a conference to play in next year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just... I don't know. This whole thing sucks, dude. This whole thing with Washington State and Pat McAfee, it's just unnecessary. I don't even necessarily disagree with your point. That doesn't make what Pat did correct. That doesn't make what Pat did acceptable or the correct thing to do or any of that. We're not really... You understand, right? I want to. I just want to make this very clear. We're not talking about Washington State's situation with Pat McAfee. We're talking about Pat McAfee taking a senseless shot at the fan base for essentially no reason. That's what we're talking about. The the relevancy with Washington State, we've talked about that. Go find it on the channel. It, it really has nothing to do, in my opinion, with Pat's comments. Pat dug himself a hole once again by speaking out of turn. Yeah, he did. And, and, and I think that, again... I'm qualified to speak on it. If you talk off the top of your head or you just say random stuff, typically you're going to get in trouble for that. And so Pat did that, and now he's getting the heat for it. J.K. Marshall getting piped. Yes, I am. In fact, I am. Uh, Aaron Wilson, my picks are hitting today, as usual. Dakota Tubbs, (coughs) Daniel Royals fan here. Our season was over in the middle of April. Damn. (laughs) Christopher Shannon, McAfee will get old soon. Pollock game day is what I prefer, not the stupid 35-year-old still acting like a 19-year-old freshman in college. Ouch. Well, I don't know that he's acting wow. like a college kid, man. I, I, I think that 
I, I look, I agree. The bro talk gets old. I agree, and I think it's a great way to describe it. In my opinion, a lot of times in sports, we like to kind of put labels on things that maybe are a little harsh, but I actually do feel like bro talk is a perfect label for what Pat has brought to game day. I mean, that's the feel. That's what it looks like. Like, that's what it feels like. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Like, dude, it, it, that's what you've done here, Pat. And I think that, dude, the other thing that no one wants to say is Pat McAfee is incredibly talented. And... The move to ESPN was to free up some time for him in a sense where he didn't have to do all this production and all this behind the scenes stuff. ESPN was going to help him with that. Pat was going to bring the viewership and it was a marriage made, you know, in heaven. And and the problem with that is, is that now Pat Pat is just on the ESPN machine, right? Where, hey, doing the show five days a week, got to do game day. Oh, uh, the college football playoff is coming in December. So let me get this right. Doing the show, doing game day, doing the college football yeah. playoffs. Like, it doesn't get less busy for Pat. So my point with this is that, again, it's the preparedness thing. Pat McAfee, if you're going to go on game day, a show that is widely respected by everybody, you have to be prepared. You can't just show up. And I think that's where ESPN has to step in as a, as a, a business, as his gatekeeper, if you will, and say, look, Pat, we love you, dude, but this can't continue to happen. And we feel it happened because of X, Y, and Z. And Pat needs to make adjustments. And that's why I say, now I'm not watching game day for game day. I'm watching game day for Pat's next mistake, which will come at some point before the season is over, in my opinion, because he continues to do the same thing. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Uh, football 50 in two minutes. D'Amico Ryans lost his skull today <laughs> uh, over this national emergency alert system thing that happened. Did your phone go off today? Yeah, wait until you see that. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, we all post our picks in the members-only chat, which is great. It is. the If you guys hit the join button, there's two tiers of membership on the Showgram. Uh, you can, for $1.99, get all your comments highlighted in red. For $9.99, uh, you get entry into our members-only uh, chat on Instagram, which is great. Um, and we post all of our prize picks in there. It, it is a really, really good time. Breaking news out of Major League Baseball. The Texas Rangers are going to the American League Division Series. They have eliminated the Tampa Bay Rays in the process, piping good old Uncle Monty. Uh, thanks to Randy Arosa Arena being a complete crap bag today at the plate. Thanks for that, jerk. Yeah, thanks. Uh, congratulations but, to the Texas Rangers moving on. Avaldi did come through for you. Avaldi came through. Yes, he did. And you still have an opportunity to win. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Payson Cougar fan. What's up, Payson? I remember when the World Series started in early October. Remember, Mr. October? All right, happy Christmas, Game Three in the World Series. <laughs> it, it does. Ta it feels like it takes forever. It, it it feels like it takes forever. Boyd Lake, the SEO King of America, McAfee's a bit of a boob taking shots, especially when the program is taking hits and is down in is Bush League program. I just don't understand it. And I think there's no other way to spin it. <laughs> yeah, I think like, that's very true. I mean, what is, what is ESPN going to say? Yeah, well, hmm, Pat. Pat came out on game day and uh, took a shot with Lee Corso on Washington State fan. Yeah, and DJ, like, DG, I, I saw this. He it, Everybody said that, and I saw it. Pat talked about it on his show, that he was defending Kirk Herbstreet. It's meaningless. There was no reason. When you say what Pat McAfee said, 
Uh, you, you just don't. There, why would you go after Washington State fan and tell them to shut up, Washington State? I'm sick of you wasting time on this show. And it wasn't specifically pointed at Corso and Herb Street. His, his rant about the flag in 292 days, come on, man. Come on. I, I, look, I'm, I like Pat McAfee, but this was, this was a bad look by him. Certainly at the most minimum standard, there was a better way to go about it if yeah. you just had to do it. Yeah. And DJ, I get it. It, it, it was, yeah, I just, it, this is not what it was about. The tape, the, go watch the game day tape. It was not about defending those guys. You know what that is? That's that's what that's the spin on. Hey, what happened? Yes. That's the hey. Well, here's actually hey. You know, Twitter keyboard warrior guy. I'm Pat McAfee, and here's what actually happened. No, Pat. I know what I saw. Everyone knows what they heard, and I don't care what happened on Twitter or or whatever. It just is unnecessary. It was funny how before you showed up, this type of thing wasn't really happening. Yeah, I totally agree. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Prize Picks, the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show is Prize Picks, prizepicks.com. Download the app, it's in the description below. They're giving you 100% deposit matching. And on days like this where there's a ton of baseball, all you have to do is pick more or less. Nate Avaldi, four strikeouts. I picked more. I think he finished with six, so I'm a winner. Randy and Rosarena, six and a half hitter fantasy, more or less. I took more. I got piped because he went to three. <laughs> but the beautiful part is this is a flex play. So if I get four out of five, I still win at prizepicks.com, the official fantasy provider of the Monty Show. Use the promo code Monty to get 100% deposit matching. This thing with... D'Amico Ryans is is funny. D'Amico Ryans was meeting with the media today. And did you guys on your phone get the National Emergency Alert System? We did here in the studio. And on our floor here in the uh, Monty Show office tower. Everybody, it was everybody's phone was exploding. So did you get it? Did you see it? Uh, D'Amico Ryans did. That's the answer right there. <laughs> they don't want you to get that question out, man. That's <laughs> we'll put the best five out there. <laughs> we will. He handled it well, but you could tell he had no idea what was going on. Yeah. He freaked out for a minute there, but... Well, it totally took over the presser. I mean, and, and I think it's hilarious that... But the timing couldn't have been any better. Like, of course, because you've all gotten the alerts, right? The push notifications on your 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 awesome iPhone or your piece of crap droid, right? You got you got the you got the push notification. Today's the day. National emergency alert system noise is going to come across your phone. October fourth. <laughs> beware. And then what do we get? Everybody in their 
brother's reporter in this news conference is their phone is all going off. So D'Amico's up here on the day. It's just looking around like, what's going on, man? Yeah, I. it was loud and it was obnoxious. And yeah, I just don't. Uh, that was that was interesting. So uh, I'm curious how many of you guys got it. Um, Jim Choi says, yep, that was a BS joke. Well, I mean, it was a test. It wasn't a, I don't think it was a personal affront. Daniel Dixon says, yeah, I was trying to take a nap. <laughs> Conference Commissioner Gumby, I got the nationwide Amber Alert. I wonder what they were preparing us for now. Well, man, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to, right? Like, wow. Um, what do you guys make of this Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey on their podcast? Saying that the NFL is overexposing Swelsey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, good old Trav and his mustache said that, you know, the NFL is taking it a little too far. And he goes with it. He says, you know, something to the effect of, hey, in my situation, I think they've taken it a little too far. Because you all saw the stats, right? Yeah. There was a stat thing released, and they did a whole thing on it. You know, during that game, like the, the Jets game, like she was on TV like 17 times during that game or whatever the hell it was. And and, and so, I, I mean, But it's ratings gold. It is. He Kelsey's jersey. NFL. Kelsey's jersey's up 400%. Yeah. I mean, and he gets paid from that. He gets 31 cents every jersey sold. Yeah. I mean, it, it but the funny thing is the NFL uh released a statement that basically said, "Hey, um this is a big deal and we're going to ride with it." Note the verbiage, dude, cultural moment. The NFL said the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey news has been a notice that they called it news, not relationship or news has been a pop cultural moment we've leaned into in real time as it's an intersection of sports and entertainment and we've seen an incredible amount of positivity around the sport now do i think that do i think that the nfl official nfl instagram account should have the chiefs are 2 and 0 as swifties on it yeah that might be a little bit excessive however they're printing money, dude. I, 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 I'm I, having, like, I'm not a Taylor Swift, you know, I'm not a Swelsey guy, right? That's not my jam. But I can't even blame the NFL for this one, man. How are you not riding the wave? How are you not like, yep, Taylor Swift, she, like, before this whole thing happened, we all remember the story. The Eras Tour is affecting the economy. She's creating all these jobs. The story came out that she paid her truckers you know, who move all the equipment across the country, like ridiculous she bonuses. Gave like, the merch people on the Eras Tour. She took the profits from the merch and divided it equally, and the merch people got $300,000 bonuses. Yeah, like, how do you hate that? You know what? I hate seeing her at every single game, in every single commercial, and all the the memes and all like i'm burned out on it yeah i'm really and obviously jason and travis kelsey are burned on it as well they said on their show hey they need to this needs to pipe down like it's too much and they're the ones making money on it and they're saying the nfl has gone too far yeah like are, are you guys in the comment section are you guys sick and tired of swelsey because i think most people are the problem is is that i'm not a chiefs or jets fan so like I'm not watching these games as like a diehard fan, but what I think is happening 
and again, I'm not experiencing this firsthand, but I see it all over the place. Households are are getting their kids involved in the games now because Taylor's there. So Taylor has brought all her fans to the tube, which is why the NFL is pushing this so hard, which is why, you know, again, the jersey sales are up, everything's up. It's just a behemoth. It's a juggernaut of a machine they have going here. And it was essentially just thrown in their lap because Trav was at a Swift concert and tried to give her a, a friendship bracelet. Like, that. Like let's not forget that's the origins of this you know, relationship, yeah. if that's what we're calling it. I don't even know if they're officially boyfriend and girlfriend yet. Like Bob Smith, who's Travis Kelsey signed every Swifty fan on earth. I, you ain't wrong. Part, okay, this you part ain't I wrong, have Bob. an issue with. Swifty saying that Travis Kelsey is not a big deal in the NFL. K-E-L-S-E-Y. Kelsey. Like, tell me you're a Taylor Swift fan and not a football fan, dude. Like, that's that's the only thing I have an issue with on this, man. Put some respect on dude's respect. name. Respect. Not respect. Respect. Like, a Super Bowl champion, bro. Yeah. Lopes fan Gabe, what's up, my guy? The game was uh, covered like a Super Bowl game, which isn't sustainable for actual NFL fans. The NFL has to dial it back a little. Has wow. to. Has to. Man, like, that's... that's like they need to dial it back like you guys need to hit the like button like yeah. it's a must dial it up you have to do it daniel dixon wait till taylor swift wants her cut in sales mm -hmm. conference commissioner gumby swift holes greater than swelsey okay okay uh tarrant county boy can the aliens take swifty they've tried the aliens edgar says wait till she leaves them swelsey you're coming next year no, I'm no, I'm not playing your game, Kurt Peters. What's up, Kurt? Who cares if Swifty uh, gauges her own fans? Why shouldn't ESPN get a little piece of that action? They should. The NFL should too. Mark Klee says I just did 275 pounds today on squats. Let's go, Let's go baby. Streaming your show while I work out legs. Let's go, Dude, buddy. Get Appreciate that. that. Going, baby. Yeah, buddy. Mike Smith, Swift, uh, teeny bopper girls fans wearing Kelsey jerseys. And someone asked them if they like Kelsey, and they say, yes, we love him, and he's a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. This whole switch, it's too much. It, it's, it's too it much. Is. It's too much. In my opinion, it is, it is way too much, and I'm just over it. I, I'm just over it. By the way, one other story. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor listed as a full participant in practice for the Colts. He looks like he's ready to roll. Trade or don't trade? Trade. You got to trade him. I, Even I, with the way Anthony Richardson's playing. Yeah, well, I just I think it's a bad look not to trade, dude. Like you you put him on IR under the guise that he wasn't healthy, even though he said he was healthy. Right. And yeah, Anthony Richardson is figuring out his way in the league, uh, but I don't think that means that that Jonathan Taylor should be imprisoned in an awful Indianapolis Colts offense. Uh, that's just not correct. And, yeah. And to me. I, I, I think that the dude has handled it really well, being put on IR, you know? Do you understand that how much money that that costs him potentially and incentives not gained? You understand that in his contract, and I don't know this for a fact, but this is just generally speaking, most NFL contracts have rushing incentives. They have playmaking incentives. Like, you have a lot of incentives that are hundreds of thousands of dollars that he's not going to realize because you put him on IR 
because allegedly he was hurt even though he says he wasn't. Yeah. That's my issue with them, man. Yeah, we'll see. Jeff Woodworth is happy. JT back on my fantasy team. Let's go. By the way, by the way Cooper, Cooper Cup is back as well. So my question for the Rams is how do we keep the Puka train going? Because that guy has been hot. Puka Nakua. Yeah. I heard somebody on the radio the other day. And I want to say that it was uh, Feinbaum, and the guy was like, hey, it's Puka Nakua leading the Rams. Puka Nakua. Hey, that Puka Nakua. Hey, Nakua. Puka Nakua even knows that Prize Picks is the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Puka Nakua. Hilarious, dude. Just absolutely awesome. Prize Picks presents Football at 50, the official Fantasy uh, daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show is Prize Picks. Please download. Use the promo code Monty. Let's play Prize Picks together. It's so much fun having Aaron Wilson kick my ass in Prize Picks every day because he has. Um, you know, stay hard. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just it is what it is. I'm. I have never had, dude, and I've been. I have had some interesting dates in my life. I've never run this dry before. Never. Okay, Jake's not paying I, I, I'm attention. I'm not. I'm not going to play. <laughs> I'm not playing your, your game, bro. Games, I'm not going to get siphoned into your hole. Yeah, I'm not. Bro, chill, dude. Chill. <laughs> Jeez. Hour number two of the Monty Show. As always, this presented by our good friends at the Advocates. You guys, the Advocates in the road home. I am. In, I am imploring you. I got a really nice note from the Advocates yesterday talking about a donation. One of our uh, viewers made to their efforts to uh, provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. And it, it it's making a big difference, you guys. Like, it is, you know, if you've listened to the show at all, I'm really passionate about kids and helping homeless kids. We did a great job supporting the advocates in the road home. And the road home is one of the best uh, homeless advocates in the country. Um, they are partnered with the advocates to help these kids have a normal Halloween. We talked about it going back to school. What would it be like to go to school without the right clothing or supplies and you get bullied and it's already a tough environment. Imagine being a 10-year-old kid that doesn't have a bucket, that doesn't have a bag, doesn't have a costume and they get ostracized and people don't want to give them candy and kids pick on them and let's give these kids a costume. Let's give them an hour, 90 minutes of normalcy on Halloween trick-or-treating. We can do that for a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, whatever you can spare. I'm asking you to consider, please, um, making a donation through Venmo to the advocates. They are giving um, Halloween costumes to homeless kids. And every dollar that you donate to this Venmo, advocates donations at Venmo, um, every, every dollar goes straight to the road home to fund giving costumes to homeless kids for Halloween. And I just ask you to have some empathy for a 10 year old who doesn't have a costume and is probably already getting picked on at school because he's homeless, because she's homeless, because she doesn't have the outfit or the shirt or the ears to her t-shirt or whatever that might be. And just imagine the happiness we can give to these kids for a dollar, for $5, for $20, for $100. Whatever you can give, it makes a huge difference. Please consider it today. Screenshot this Venmo, go hook it up. In the notes section, because you have to leave a note to send a Venmo. If you want to say, hey, Halloween costume from the Monty Show, that'd be awesome. Or just say Halloween costume, that'd be awesome too. 
Really appreciate you guys helping out the advocates, theadvocates.com, the best entry attorneys in the business. Um, let's see. Salty drunk. Not long until NBA preseason, let's baby, go, this baby. weekend. Hell yeah. This weekend. I am ready. I am ready to go. Uh, Kevin uh, Peterson, a Dodger fan. Okay. Uh, wh- who would you want off game day, Corso or McAfee? Well, Lee Corso, but Lee Corso is going to die soon, which is going to. Okay, that's probably too far. And, pardon me. You know, um, uh, it. it um, uh, Diane, nope, not doing it. Dude, chill. Uh, I would want Lee Corso because I, the problem with Lee is he's having trouble just executing sentences. I like Pat McAfee, and I'm not asking for Pat McAfee to get kicked off a of game day. I'm asking for there to be coaching. You know, like we actually do shows, and we, again, not to be like, oh, hey, look at me. I used to work at ESPN. We had daily, weekly, monthly coaching sessions where, hey, let's sit down and watch this show that you were on. Let's listen to the show that you were on. Um, you know, the times that I was on ESPN TV, I got critiqued on those times. I got critiqued on my ESPN radio stints. That's what I'm asking for. Somebody, and I'm told that Pat McAfee has had a conversation on this already about, hey, we're not trying to alienate fans. We're trying to bring fans. We're trying to entertain fans and inform fans to get them ready for a big day of college football. That's what college game day is about. Not telling Washington State fans you're wasting our time on the show and get out of here. And yeah. That's, that's the issue. It's not that Pat sucks or terrible or Pat is wildly talented. And again, bear witness, Jim Rome fan, that I, I try to convince Jake to watch Pat McAfee every day. I'm a big Pat Mac fan. Yeah. But this yeah. is not his bets. This is not his best look. Uh, salty drunk bets aren't your thing, Monty. Well, I just, they were my thing for the first month of the baseball season. I was cashing like crazy. Well, you don't bet. I mean, me, no, what yeah, you have? No, I you play posi- daily fantasy. Yeah, you, you have positions. Yeah. G off. What's up? G off. How are you, bud? Super happy for Puka Nakua. Dude, kid deserves it. Hard worker. <laughs> Puka Nakua. <laughs> Puka Nakua, baby. <laughs> NHL regular season starts soon. Let's go. Connor Bedard, you are a god, sir. Have you guys been watching the best player in the NHL, any, Connor Bedard? Dude, can anybody tell me if YouTube TV has the NHL package? I haven't had time to look. Any of you in the comments section have the NHL package on YouTube TV? Mm. Does it exist? Is it a thing? I hope it is. Um, let's see. John Holmes, NBA and MLB suck. Okay. Well, there that you go. That is your opinion. Uh, Salty says, you just hate the world, John Holmes. <laughs> there you go. Tarrant <laughs> County boy, yes, had, unfortunately. What do you mean, had? Texas Rangers win the series. Josh Jung, three for four with an RBI triple. Pew, pew. Yeah, dude. Let's go. Tarrant County boy. Has James Harden been traded to the Jizz yet? He has not. Who's James Harden? Uh, uh, Alex Rea. James Harden was back at practice today. and caught. Notice, though. Notice, though, and we got to get to this Jim Harbaugh story, but notice, though, he's back at practice, goes through practice. Did he meet with the media? No, he was too busy being James Larden, dude, after practice. Ooh, picked off. Pedro Guerrero Jr. picked off. Wow. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, I'm sorry. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Well, review it. Review it. it. Review it. Dude, you were were out, douchebag. Anyway, the point is... (laughs) 
Jesus. He annoys me. I hate these guys in baseball and football. They're like, review it. Review it. Hey, review you it. Are fake. <laughs> what are you dancing? What are, what are you doing? Get off your ass and go back to the dugout. You're out. Um, and yeah, you're out. Um, Jerk. Where were we? Okay. We were on James Larden. No, I was hoping we were talking about Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Um, James Larden goes to practice. Does a camera catch him working out? You know. Damn, there's an angle that says he's out. Um, Does a camera catch him working out? No. Fat. Did he do an interview? No. Was there a wide-angle fisheye lens to catch Larden? No. Fat. Was there a food buffet in the locker room where he chowed down? Yes. I'm a man. Okay, I should stop. (laughs) I should. Who am I to talk, right? Uh, Mike Smith, keep Pat. Make Herbie start putting on mascot heads. There you go. Jim Choi, ESPN ain't kicking McAfee off game day. Maybe McAfee wants to be kicked off game day. He doesn't. There is going to be growing pains, and this is one of them. Yeah. This is this is one of them. You know, uh, Raider Mark says Jimmy Butler's hairstyle. All emoji. All emoji. You know. Uh, let's see. Aaron Wilson. I'm poor and owe money to boss frog. If I can afford to give, so can you. I appreciate that. Uh, parent County boy, Aaron, your local tortilla thrower. That's right. Hey, Harry look, Austin. He was out and the innings over. Yeah. He's out. Dude, <laughs> Mom, review it. Review it. So we can confirm how terrible at base running I am. Review it. We're I'm, I'm Vladimir Guerrero's my dad. Review it. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, ESPN unveils Red Zone style NHL program. Somebody, somebody, and it was not me. Somebody had a little bit of um, a little bit of leakage when that came out. Macaque. Jake was like, "Oh my god!" Stay home, dude. How do you not, bro? Every power play. I feel better. Correct. Uh, Boss Frog, loan me tortilla tossing money. There you go. KC Boss says, uh, I am. Okay. Okay, nice, dude. Uh, Mac is a macaque. (laughs) Bro, come on. Macaque. There it is. Thank you. Macaque. Macaque. Hey, look, I I don't have issues with monkeys. I deleted the picture of the monkey. Macaque. Macaque. Uh, That's the name of a monkey, you guys. Macaque. Don't, Don't read anything into it. Don't yeah. read anything into I don't it. see any issues. Uh, the Jim Harbaugh rule has arrived at the NCAA. Did you guys see the rule changes released today? And here are the Jim Harbaugh n- rules. Now, you know how much I love to tell you I told you so. <laughs> right? And if we're being honest, pimp's going to pimp, right? We told you this was coming. Yeah. The council also proposed the creation of a public database of coaches with a history of level one and two, the highest level, violations, the two most severe tiers in NCAA infractions. Below is a list of the proposal of Harbaugh rule. Oh, I mean, excuse me, proposals put forth by Division One Council. Publicly naming individuals involved in infractions and creating a public database to identify coaches, Harbaugh, with more severe violations. Because it's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, expanding the Wii fence, coaching suspensions to include the days between games. It's a Wii fence. Holy cow. 
so wait, now you tell me if I'm wrong. But did you not say, wait, wait, two weeks ago when the whole Wii Fence thing happened? Hey, dude, this penalty is not really a penalty because he can still coach him at practice and during the week. He's only really missing three days. Four or five administrators commented on this, and you knew this rule change was coming. Jim Harbaugh served a three-game suspension for Michigan to start the season. And what that means is he was suspended three total days, game days, three Saturdays. Sunday through Friday, he can coach the team, be in meetings, do whatever he needs to do. Can't have any contact on Saturday. It's now, a according to the Jim Harbaugh Weefence rule, uh, expanding coaches' suspension to include days between games. Oh, my God, a real suspension. I don't break the rules. Expanding disassociation penalties for boosters that engage in rules violations. Mm. Attaching penalties for schools that hire individuals during a show cause order. My bad. So let's refresh you on Seriously. Uh, the khaki dad bod god. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh is accused of, and there's real evidence, that he recruited during the COVID dark period. Right. In-person visits. The coronavirus. Allegedly. Right. Jim Harbaugh allegedly was not honest and evaded questioning by the NCAA Committee on Infractions. Don't lie to me. And then when he was questioned, he was allegedly again dishonest. And so Michigan put up, I believe, what was it, a four-game suspension. Yeah. To which the NCAA said, <laughs> No, that's not <laughs> That's not going to do it. And they said, you know what? Go ahead, suspend yourself all you want. We're not done with you by a long stretch. Oh. And so after the season, there will be further investigation and the penalty will be levied. But see, here's the problem. Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan after this season by most people's opinion and go back <coughs> to the NFL where we fence is allowed. Mm. And then Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended by the NCAA after he leaves Michigan. And what's that going to trigger? A show cause order. And if a school wants to hire Jim Harbaugh under his show cause order, there will be penalties for schools that hire individuals during a show cause order. Because it's illegal. And those suspensions will mean that, uh, yeah, you actually have to take the six-week, not six-day suspension. These are the Harbaugh rules, and they are undefeated. And you don't have to like it, and I don't even, I'm not even trying to say they're fair. This isn't difficult to understand, Jim. Don't recruit when you're not supposed to recruit. Like, what, what, what are we confused about with Jim Harbaugh? Secondly, dude, when do we start winning something? Yeah. When do we start winning something? Because, again, and I've always maintained this at the college level. Dude, you want to go out and you want to be nefarious and you want to break rules and you want to, well, okay, push, not break rules, push the envelope, bend the rules a little bit, do some things that are maybe not up to snuff, but you got away with it. Win something, do something, man. Yep. And that's been the biggest thing for me with Jim. I, I'm not a Jim Harbaugh guy. I'm not a khaki king guy. It's not my deal. But ultimately, Michigan fan and Michigan as a program is living and dying on those two Ohio State wins right now. I I would agree with that. 
You're not I would. living and dying on a national championship. Whoa, did we just get a big dump of uh, comments? Wow, that must have been a technical difficulty. John Teal for $2 says, I just like Pat McAfee's Troy Palomalu fake field goal story. Indeed. Um, Pat was going to run a fake field goal and had to s- switch the play, and they, I think, called a timeout because Troy Palomalu lined up in the one place that he'd never lined up before. Aaron Wilson says, toward prime shade because your future is too bright. There you go. Blenders. John Teal for $5. I'll bet Pat was a member of the Alpha Betas. See the Alpha Betas. No doubt every weekend he was drowning beers, downing beers, and making fun of Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Probably. Uh, John Teal also says you guys are the sports talk Ebert and Roper. Okay. Do I, can I be? I'm, I don't know I'm that ro- reference. Jake's way too young. <laughs> uh, Boss Frog for $10. Boss Frog, how's your vacation, my guy? Wait, what? who's calling the, uh, my name? I'm trying to figure out if I should still put some action on the D-backs money line after admitting publicly he doesn't place action on games. Now listen, I'm telling you, I have admitted nothing publicly. Other people have spoken accurately or inaccurately on my activities before this committee, sir. Um, you know, I would put money on the Brewers money line. Did you place money on the Brewers money line in the dark period when we weren't supposed to do those things? Yeah, that's a wee fence. And we're going to have to really come down hard on you for that. That'll be a full tomahawk and bombs (laughs) next time we're in Dallas. Sorry. That's the penalty, sir. Yeah. You know, I think I recommended you play the Brewers money line. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not one to tell you how to when live your life, When does that game sir. start, anyway? Uh, I need this game to start, dude. That game starts five at 5 o'clock. o'clock. Okay. 40 so, minutes. You know, it's like, you know, you do you. You do you. Um, let's see. Jack Jackie Martling? What is from the Howard Stern Show? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Uh, Jeff Woodworth. Recruiting is a 24-7, 365 job. That's how you afford those khakis. Okay, but, I don't disagree with that. But there are rules. There are rules, man. Did you see the NIL changes today? Did anybody see? Did anybody see what Utah did today? The Utah Jutes have their brand new Crimson Collective. And now every scholarship Utah Jut is going to be driving this truck. A Dodge Ram. And it's a Ram, not a Dodge, sir. Thank you. Uh, every scholarship player while he is in the program and has eligibility now is going to be driving a Ram, not a Dodge. I'm for real. It's a $6 million collective investment. And I think it's a big one. I think it's a game changer in recruiting. Um, I think you look at the way that they, Utah has been painfully behind the NIL curve. And this is a big one. And you start looking at you start looking at some of this. You start looking at oh, I don't know. Did you see the other rule change that was made today? The the D one um, requirements to be in Division one. Yeah, how about that number two? Uh, increase the application fee for transitioning from FCS to FBS from five thousand to five million. Might want to get the NIL game going. Require all FBS programs to provide 
90% of the total number of allowable scholarships over a two-year rolling period for 16 sports will also be required to fund 210 scholarships a year for no less than $6 million annually. Oh. So you're saying that you don't want more people to go D1. No, you don't. That's what you're saying here. Well, that's always been, see, and, and this is what I think is the dark little secret. They don't want more people going D1. In fact, it would be much healthier for the big boys if we trim that thing down a little bit, right? If there was just, I'm not, I'm not saying like cut it in half. I'm just saying, just like, just like Prime did. Just chop off that bottom 20%, right? Just chop off that bottom 10%, and let's go on hey, about our business. They also changed that rule. They also changed the rule on how many people you can lop out of your program. Like, there are a lot of rule dumps today. You should go read them because it is wildly impressive the way that this game has changed. Uh, let's see. What do you guys got to say on this? Um, Mike Smith, plead the fifth, Monty. Yeah, I don't know what the Howard Stern Sir, reference was. Uh, but. Did you place bets during the dark period in college football? Uh, that's a wee fence. <laughs> it's a wee fence. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Mike Smith also says, is that NIL or a signing bonuses? Seriously. Well, and technically, it's NIL. But again, and, and, and I know... Everybody's hating on Mike Gundy lately, but this is a little game he was playing, right? Hey, Mike, Mr. Mullet Man, Mr. Not Achieving This Year guy. Um, hey, do you talk to recruits about NIL when you're recruiting? Um, yeah, the NIL and the collective is very, very important. And I think that um, Pokes with a Purpose and our administration has done a good job of trying to get information out there. Um, it is very important. It, uh, it is becoming a part of um, college football, and I think it's here to stay. Is NIL something you're pitching with recruits? Is like, you, know, you guys watch the head tilt. We at Oklahoma State, Coach with a Purpose, and that's different your back, than other sir. schools might be. And, and is that something you're, you're talking about with, with potential recruits? And here it comes, right here, right here. Boom. We don't. Here. Because it's illegal. I don't break the rules. So now I don't know if other people do or not. That's a good question. Because <laughs> it's illegal. Man. Come on, don't Gundy. Tell me Come on, Gundy. That mullet man is not talking about NIL opportunities on the recruiting front. Don't tell me. And I love Kyle Whittingham. He's not a rule breaker. Don't you tell me that you're not talking about, hey, dude, if you come in our program, you're going to get to drive a Dodge Ram. Don't tell me you're not talking about that, man. Don't don't play coy with me. At the same time, though, please, sir, tell me, because I need more Mike Gundy clips out here on the pro. Dude, bro, really? How did you miss? Yeah, I just took a shot with a bottle and it missed. No redos. Yeah, I, uh, the, the Gundy thing is amazing. Hey, real quick before we get to the mock draft, uh, I do want to talk about Michigan being considered number one. In the yeah. comments section right now, who do you guys think is the number one team in the country? Is it Georgia, Michigan? I'd tell you it's Texas. Yeah, I agree. It's Texas. It's a hundo P, not Michigan. I can tell you right now. 
It is it is not Michigan. The only reason I say it's Texas, and I and I'm not even, you know, a Longhorn supporter. But no, but you are you did propose to John A. Barron at Big Twelve Football Media Day. Please. I did. I, I did. Pretty sure you did. Yeah. Um, but the only reason I say it's Texas is because they beat everybody, including the SEC. Well, and the thing that drives me crazy about this is there is a metric out there that says Georgia is going to eventually wind up not being the number one ranked team in the country, and currently Michigan would replace them. And I, I it drives me crazy. Why would Michigan, who's 5-0, and oh, what is what game has Michigan won that um, puts them on par with Texas, Ohio State? Um, even Florida State, what 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 game have they won that puts them on par with with Washington, or even Penn State beating West Virginia, beating a twenty fourth ranked Iowa team convincingly? What what is Michigan? What has Michigan done to earn twelve first place votes? East Carolina. UNLV, Bowling Green, um, Rutgers, they finally went on the road and they beat, oh man, Nebraska. Because it's garbage. Well, this weekend they're going to cement it with uh, Minnesota. It's a wee fence. A 3-2 and two Minnesota team. On, Boy, that's man. a pretty mediocre. Come on, Come dude. On. Michigan should not be number one. And under any circumstance, there is no way in hell. Like, what's the measuring stick? This is what I don't get. Like, is the measuring stick... Because the measuring stick's supposed to be strength of schedule and who you've played. Yes. Allegedly. Yep. And last year doesn't matter. It's this year, who you've played. You know, obviously a record. But, of course, we've got the group of schools that are always undefeated through the first 10 weeks of the year. So, my question is, what is the measuring stick? Because right now, the Michigan thing says to me, whether we want to admit it or not... Measuring stick is not who you've played and what your record is no. five weeks into the year. No. Has nothing to do with that. The measuring stick right now is, hey, you were in the college football playoff last year. You're undefeated right now. We're putting you number two in the country because of the college football playoff last year. And all I'm saying is Texas is a better team than you are, man. They've got a better defense. They've got a better offense. I believe that Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback. Well, we'll find out. I mean, at some point in November, we'll find out who Michigan is. And at that point, my guess is I would agree with a lot of the pundits saying that, hey, Michigan's probably going to be number one at that point because they don't play anybody. And, hey, maybe, maybe the college football playoff committee is got a master plan going. Hey, we're going to keep Michigan ranked high because then we can have Texas beat the number one team in the nation in Michigan, and that can propel them into the college football uh, uh, national championship game. Maybe that's the plan. I don't know. Maybe. But it's, it is, it, it is to me, and again, not a Texas fan, just a college football observer, it's insulting to Texas to put Michigan in front of them. Georgia, I'm fine with Georgia. Dude, Georgia's been good and top tier for several back years to Back-to-back national champions. Like, there's merit there. Okay, great. Michigan hasn't done a damn thing to earn that. Yeah, I get it. Uh, this hour of the show presented by TridayTrading.com. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Mrs. Monty is enrolling in the program as we speak. I am super excited about it. And I, I just continue to hear from our viewers who have gone through the Trydaytrading.com program and they are excited about it. They are thrilled about it. 
because you you almost immediately see the quality that goes into the program and the things that you learn at TridayTrading.com. And the processes, the algorithms, the software platform that they've developed, all of it is designed to make you money. And a lot of people, the first question I hear about when I, I talk to people about day trading is, well, the market's down. It doesn't matter if the market's down, if the market's up, if it's hot, cold, mediocre, it doesn't matter. Day trading's not about long-term. It's about getting in and getting out at the right numbers. And that's why you need elite level coaching that you get from TridayTrading.com. Did you know when you sign up for their 30-day trial membership, they give you an elite level day trading coach and they're going to take you right through the program. They're going to teach you and mentor you. When you graduate the program at Triday Trading, that coaching is going to continue. And they fund a trading account so that when you start making trades, you trade with their money, not your money. And when you make money with their money, you get 80% of the profit. It's a $10 charitable donation and you get a 30-day trial membership at TridayTrading.com. You quite literally have nothing to lose. Get to TridayTrading.com right now. And it's just, I'm so excited. The, the interaction that we have on our show right now and the way that you guys are plugged in and taking advantage of the opportunities that we've presented for you is amazing. It is so heartwarming to hear from you guys who have gone through the Triday Trading Program and are so jazzed about it and excited about it. And I just wish more people would take advantage of it. It is a free, essentially a $10 charitable donation that's a tax write-off. That's why I keep saying it's free. Like it costs you almost nothing to learn about that program and understand what it is for 30 days. Tridaytrading.com. Um, let's get your thoughts in here. Who's the best team in the country? Delaric says Texas, Florida State, Oregon. Boy, a lot of people think Florida State's one of the five best teams in the country. Do you agree, Jake? You know, the trouble I have with Florida State is they've definitely grinded and they've won and they deserve credit for that. My complaint is, or my criticism would be, that, again, strength of schedule and you don't have, hey, last year we were in the college football playoff on your side. And so I'm waiting for, because like it would have been clutch for Florida State if Clemson was a college football playoff caliber team this year and you beat them. That would have been clutch. Or, then I can say, hey, you know. Or let's get crazy. You're a college football playoff caliber team and you beat the hell out of Clemson or, at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. The problem is, and and I, I, he's wildly talented, but Jordan Travis is not that guy. Inconsistent I, as they come. I think watching that game... And watching, you know, like the just the their inability to run the football um, is terrifying against arguably one of the most mediocre, disappointing teams in college football right now is is Clemson. It is shockingly mediocre, and you couldn't run the football. Watching Johnny Wilson wide open and Jordan Travis couldn't put the ball on frame. It's wildly. Um wildly inconsistent off his hand in that Clemson game. Yeah. That's what scares me about them being one of the best teams in the country. Well, and the thing with having a target like Johnny Wilson, who is clearly the biggest guy in the secondary when he's running routes. Yeah. Dude, it, it, it makes it so I, I'm like, how did you miss him? How, how like his catch radius is massive. How do you, how do you put the ball in a position where that guy can't go out and get it? And furthermore, when, when I look at Keon Coleman, Dude, how do you how, how many times is Jordan Travis going to throw a ball that Keon cannot go and run under? Keon is a little bit smaller of a dude, absolute burner, and has a nose for the big play. 
consistently. And yet, somehow, Jordan Travis consistently misses him. He will get him once a game, it's twice a game. But he misses him all the time. Dude, Florida State could have easily, easily been 40, 45 points in that game and run away with that thing. And when you're as talented as they are up front defensively with Verse and, and Brown and Knowles and Deloach, and, man, you got to have offense. And they didn't. That's what makes me nervous about Florida State. I think they are... They have every 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 position they need to win. They just don't perform all at the same time. Yeah. Hoffman, if Michigan wins it all, can you honestly say they were the best team in college football? At that point, I don't know how you don't. Yeah, they've earned it at that point because then they would have had to beat the SEC. If you go through the college football playoff and you win the national championship, absolutely you're the best team. It's a very difficult process to get through. Absolutely. Gumby says Michigan number eight if they were in the Pac-12 this year. Well, and I think those hypotheticals are, on one hand, very fair. And on another hand, if we can apply that to a lot of different schools. Again, Michigan has not earned the right to be number two in the country right now. They have not earned that right. But but the reality of the situation is I can go right through the top 25 and say, you haven't earned the right, you haven't earned the right, and you haven't earned the right. So the reality is... We're just, we're just, the college football playoff committee is just stoking the fire, right? And really the AP poll right now is just stoking the fire. Hey, dude, we're going to keep Michigan up there until they suffer that, that signature bad loss that they always have I every think year. The biggest claims to number one, if Georgia is not there, is Texas and Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, you look at what that win for Notre Dame at Duke last weekend was massive for Ohio State. And where's USC right now? USC is ninth, I'm pretty sure. Ninth. So, but That's, USC to also doesn't have a quality win on their schedule, though. But well, well, that was my point, though. So if we're gonna it, it, like USC, in my opinion, the reason I bring them up is because, dude, that was not a good showing against Colorado. That nationally, people do not respect Colorado, right? They okay, great, Prime's good, and there's a process happening there, but they're not good this year. That's kind of the narrative nationally. The idea that you gave a forty to Colorado is not a good look. And so my question is. Hey, SC is probably probably your best chance at a national championship out of the Pac-12. I understand Oregon's a good team. I don't think Oregon has the goods to play to play a high-scoring game in the college we'll football see. playoff. We'll see. I, I, I hmm. Texas and Ohio State are the ones that have the claim. Uh, actually, never mind. Washington should be number one again. They don't have that big win yet. Yeah. That's what that's what a lot of teams, including Michigan, don't. And again, Washington's another team that just hasn't been around. Yeah. Like Yeah. Uh it's fair. How many people turn their phones off today? I did not. <laughs> I just hit stop on yeah. my on my rocket ship uh yeah. I you know, Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah, Apple Watch nine thousand ultra. The funny thing about the emergency alert test today, it was on my computer, my phone, and my watch all at the same time. And my phone and your phone and other devices and happenings went off at the exact same time. And then we turned all of ours off, and you heard it hit other phones in waves <laughs> in, in the, across the off across our floor here in our office. Yeah, it was it was wild. It it was absolutely wild. James, uh, the official Oklahoma State fan, says UGA one, Michigan two, Texas three, Ohio State. Okay, that's what you. That's how you would rank them yourself. You would really put. Michigan number two. I would love to hear the argument for that because uh, I don't I don't understand it. Uh, NE says Texas, Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia, Washington, and FSU. 
Right now, if I had to rank the top five teams, I would have Texas number one right now today. And just because I think that Auburn game is in my head with Georgia, I would have I would have Ohio State two, Georgia three, I think Florida State four. Penn State, the issue with Penn State is Penn State doesn't have every weekend since they beat West Virginia, Penn State, West Virginia has become a better win for them because West Virginia is winning. Right. But at number five, I mean, how, how do you how do you how do you quantify Oregon's win over Texas Tech? It's in Lubbock. That's a good win. Is Colorado forty-two to six a good win? Mm, I wouldn't it, say it's, it's a good one. So I, I'm a little hesitant, but then I look at Alabama, and I say, "Man, Alabama beat a ranked old Miss team." Uh, but is Alabama the fifth best team in the country right now? I think there's a lot of spots there. I think, I think, and this is the one that's crazy. I want to say like Oklahoma's a candidate, but ask me on Monday. Correct. I was going to say Oklahoma's 5-0, and but who they got? You Texas. have a lot of pretenders right now. Yeah. You have a lot of pretenders. And totally I think for agree. that fifth spot, if we are Texas, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State. I think – yeah. I think the problem is USC doesn't have a quality win. Notre Dame – Notre Dame's not the fifth best team in the country. You, you uh, just know that. You it's like I can't say that. So I I think you're talking about Michigan, Penn State, Washington, and Oregon. And if I'm looking at if I'm looking at Michigan versus Penn State, Michigan has played nobody. Like I mean scrimmage fest. At least Penn State beat a ranked Iowa team. Right, I, I and they beat West Virginia. I think I probably put Penn State fifth. Yeah, that's that's my rationale. Am I stupid and crazy? Probably. Should I eat less fried food? Definitely. <laughs> I think Ole Miss being at sixteen should, is tough, should, dude. Should I, should, okay. Casey Boss says Mizzou. No. Red. Uh, whoa. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby Red River Pillow Fight. That you guys. I'm telling you, and I can only say it so many times. I can only say it so many times. The Texas OU game this week is the game of the year. It's an erection. I think that game will control a college football playoff spot. Yes, it will. Texas, if they win that game, it is straight downhill from here. If Oklahoma wins that game, dudes. They I should look be at, cast top, top eight, top five. Like. OU's schedule is Texas. UCF at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, at BYU, TCU. Straight downhill. Yeah. Straight downhill. Texas has uh, Oklahoma this week at Houston, BYU. K-State is probably the most difficult game on their schedule. At TCU, at Iowa State, and then at home for Texas Tech at DKR. That's straight downhill. You're better than every one of those teams. TCU's been one of the more disappointing teams in the conference this year with that loss last week. You know, like it is, 
I don't think there's any doubt. Does anybody here argue that I think Texas is the best team in the country? Yeah, that's that's my opinion, yeah. All right. But, I, man, I, I, you look at what's on the line this week in the Red River rivalry, and I just... Well, it's an opportunity. Obviously, it's an opportunity for Oklahoma, but I think the bigger opportunity is for Texas. If, if you come out here, and let's say they win this thing by 14 points, that that's a... That's, Dude, you're making a statement at that you point. You really I mean, are. You're you're six and zero at that point. If I, if memory serves, like you 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 you've won your biggest in conference game now. Uh, I I just don't know how you're not getting number one because ultimately, at some point, even Michigan fan has to say, okay, yeah, they're pretty good. The team that's going to get piped here is Will Howard and K State. Hundred percent. Yeah. That loss to Mizzou is going to haunt them because they're going to be a two-loss team and Oklahoma is going to be a one-loss team, in my opinion, after this weekend because I think Texas is going to win. And I think we're going to get a Texas-Oklahoma rematch in the Big 12 championship game because I look at – I look at – and listen, West Virginia, I hope Mountain Mama proves me wrong. West Virginia at 4-1 and is shocking, shocking. But, dudes, K-State has it all in front of them. You look at K-State, and they've got – they're on by now, but they play Oklahoma State Saturday. Well, actually, that's Friday night, isn't it? It is Friday night. That's Friday night. Yeah, it's Friday night. That's in uh, Stillwater. At Texas Tech, that's a tough game. TCU, Houston, and then all the marbles at DKR on November 4th. I think they're going to win every game left on their schedule except Texas. And it's going to be it's going to be so tough. If you're West Virginia, what are the chances West Virginia wins out? At Houston next week. They're off this weekend. At Houston, Oklahoma State, at UCF, BYU, at Oklahoma, Cincinnati, at Baylor. Not a chance in the world. I think I think going to Houston is asking you're you're asking them to run through through basically a month of Texas in the state of Oklahoma. Texas Tech at TCU at Houston, Oklahoma State. And then by the way, yeah, we're gonna send you to Orlando to the bounce house. Yeah. That's that I think there's three losses left on that schedule. But I also look at BYU all of a sudden at four and one. And there's just no way that that team is going to. And I've counted them out before at at TCU on the 14th, Texas Tech at Texas, at West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. You guys, there's only two real options here for number two. It's K-State and Oklahoma. And I think this weekend, woo, yeah, dude, yep. it is going to be wild. If Oklahoma wins that game, my God, the celebrations for Texas not being back would be epic. Lit. You know it, and I know it. It'd be epic, man. Absolutely. Texas hater is strong, and they are alive and well. How much Crimson's in the Cotton Bowl this weekend? (laughs) Good bit. First of all, I love the fact that they're playing in the Cotton Bowl like, it's a dump. It's not a great place. Mm-hmm. But that's where this game should be played. Game day is going to be there. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. 
I think it's going to be amazing. Dakota Tubbs, uh, hey man, Brady Cook has better stats than J.J. McCarthy. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, though. I, yeah. I Brady, he is taking some, dude. Bra- Brady Cook is. There's no doubt, and I, I just want to look at one stat real quick. Um, there's no doubt that Brady Cook is a stud. See, he still has zero interceptions, which. You look at his game log, and his biggest games have come 356 and two scores against K-State. That, I mean, that's your game. But I think that that Vandy game would have been easy. It would have been easy. And I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Can he stay healthy? Because Mizzou's got a road, bro. Yeah. LSU at Kentucky, South Carolina at Georgia, Tennessee, Florida at Arkansas. Oh. I mean, my balls ache looking at that schedule. How do you think Brady Brady Cook? Yeah, he's going to take a beating. There's no doubt. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. But Dakota, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, Derek Myrie, Michigan, 45, Ohio State, 17. Please. I I think that Ohio State football team is. Physical, and if you think they're not paying attention to the to the rankings, you're wrong. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby Mountain Monty. Hey, man, I got respect. Um, Jeff Woodworth, here we go, Dakota. Losing to misery haunts you because of how bad it is. Mizzou's good. There's no you can't spin it, and I think a lot of people just look past Missouri because well, it's Missouri. It's a Big Twelve team. <laughs> Yeah, they're in the SEC, but that's what you get. Because with, it's with garbage. The, with the Tigers. Go Tigers. They're legit. Brady yeah. Cook's legit. Uh, Dakota, I'm going to be so obnoxious next week if this in this chat if Mizzou beats LSU this weekend. Dude, bring the heat, man. <laughs> we'll bring see. the heat. Mike Smith. Uh, West Virginia does not win out. I would agree with that. Um Cyclone Steve, they could lose most of those games. They could win all of those games. Truth. Truth. Jeff Woodworth, Dakota, so same as always. Just kidding. Well, so we just, you're always obnoxious. You, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Wilson, can we talk about uh, Butt Bowl? What about the Butt Bowl? Lamont Tucker. Hey, Lamont, Lamont. What's up, Lamont? Uh, if Texas beats Oklahoma in a blowout, they need to put Texas over Michigan and Georgia. Regardless, what happens Saturday, a Texas win should guarantee them a jump. Oh, my God. Yes. A jump over. Let's go. A jump over Michigan. Finally. Finally. Yes! Wait, are, are we just seeing things, or is that a real comment? That's a Michigan fan being real about Michigan. Uh, Dakota Tubbs says, oh, I'll be worse, Jeff. Trust me, he's got another gear. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, the earth will shift a little when Washington, Washington versus Oregon kicks Washington. off. Washington. Who's the fucking vernal equinox? Yeah. Uh, I I think there are... I don't know. The Pac-12 is so interesting this year. When you look at the way that this conference is shaping up, mm-hmm. I mean, it is... We are so headed for USC and Oregon. Yep. Uh, I mean... I think they're clearly the two best teams. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Does Washington survive Oregon? I mean, that's that's in Seattle. I mean, I, I just don't know. 
That's tough, bro. It's I, October I, in the Pac-12. You're gonna, dude, we're gonna figure out some. We're gonna figure out who's real and who's not. Games like that, it's the old cliche. There's no way to know who's gonna win that game. It all comes down to the day of. It uh, all comes down to who makes the last play. And I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm an Oregon believer. I think Oregon is legit. They're physical. They're fast. This is as well as I've seen Bo Nix play in a great number of of years. Mm-hmm. Like this is, and this is, it's not even years. This is the best I've ever seen him play, full stop. I mean, I think he's in command of that offense. I think he fully is empowered. I think he's the leader of that team. I feel like this is as well as we've ever seen Bo Nix go. And Dan Lanning deserves respect. I mean, he does. You know, he's, I, I, I do believe that Dan Lanning has the proper uh, temperament to, to go out and win those bigger games. But is there an undefeated team left in this league when we get to November? Mm. That's hard. It's hard to believe that that the Washingtons, Oregon, and SC. Oregon would be the one because I think Oregon's physicality would would be tough for SC to overcome. And I think SC has back to back. You've got Notre Dame and Utah. Like that's that's dude it's tough. Come on. I mean. That's more difficult than skipping football at 50-10 of the hour every hour here on the Monty program. Hey, Monty. Presented by Prize Picks, the official daily fantasy uh, partner of the Monty Show. PrizePicks.com. We are uh, so close to being angry old men on this show. Dude. I need Zach Gallen, Aaron Nola, and Corbin Carroll. Stay hard. Come on through for us, boys. Put that cream on your abdomen before the game and let's do this. Give me that testosterone in the abdomen. You guys need to hit bombs and strike mother out. I'm living. I thought I'd be a Brewers fan, but tonight I need the Brewers to play well. Oh, Brew Crew. That's what, I mean, this is a, prize picks is amazing for baseball. Just give me one win. Because I've been struggling. We'll find out. Prize picks. Download the app in the link below, in the description below, y'all. And uh, if you download it on your own, use the promo code MONTY to get 100% deposit matching at prize picks. Prizepicks.com. Download the app now. Um, what do you guys think of Apple and Amazon trying to get their hands on the college football playoff? There's a story out of front office sports today that says that Apple and Amazon are serious contenders for the college football playoff bidding. A, let's just get a couple things clear right now. There's not a chance in the world that the college football playoff is going to take the semifinal and final off of ABC and ESPN. Right. That's not happening. Right. Can you see a way that Amazon and Apple can go in and steal it? Well, I, they're not going to steal that. I, I I just don't think that happens. I think ESPN has a stranglehold on that thing. But I think that what Apple and Amazon want to take a look at is the first round of the expanded college football playoff where these games potentially would be held at college campuses because that's something that was pointed out that not a lot of people think about the semifinal and final are obviously held at nfl stadiums and their venues and sites whereas the first round of the expanded college football playoff would be held at the universities so 
to me, yeah, sure, is there some opportunity there? Potentially. Potentially. Apple clearly has revenue and money and resources to go out and afford it. That's not in question. I think the only thing is that's in question is, is ESPN willing to give up total control of the playoff? Because well, that you can't tell me ESPN's not going to look at picking up the early round. But if you are ESPN Disney, why would you allow that to happen? Because you have all the leverage in these negotiations. Now, obviously Disney, Disney is willing to spend, but... Do you really care about a December playing game? Do you really care about, you know, preliminary rounds if it's on Apple or Amazon? I don't think you would care as much about Amazon. But my feeling is is that Disney does not want Apple to have a big foot in the door in sports. No. And I think it's not a matter of do they have the money. ESPN and Disney have the money to go and compete with Apple and Amazon. But what's best for college football? We just went through this with the Pac-12. And I have to believe that there is a an Apple-Amazon hangover based on what happened with the Pac-12. Yeah. And how much money is Amazon and Apple willing to pay upfront guaranteed cash? Because we know that Apple's not made a sports deal that's all cash. And I'm curious if they are willing to do that. And I think it is... I think it is only a matter of time before a major sports entity like the NBA gets in bed, deeply in bed, with Amazon Prime. I think it's only a matter of time. Well, and I think Amazon's had huge success with the NFL on Thursday night, and I think they've proven that they can handle, you know... They can uh, execute. Yeah, they can exo- execute, handle... You know, uh, a major partnership, and I and I think that you know, for whatever reason, a lot of people had questions about whether YouTube TV was going to be able to handle the Sunday ticket and the bandwidth, and they handled it flawlessly, yeah. which of course they did. And so that's why I say I think we're just seeing this process play out. But but I don't know why ESPN would ever relinquish control of that. I really don't think they would. I mean, I think Amazon is where it's going to go. Yeah, because Amazon and and ESPN are fast friends. We know that already. They're great partners already. I, I, I would be really surprised. Um, you know, I think it, it'll, it'll just be really, it's just really interesting to me to see how all that goes. Uh, what do you guys think? James says, uh, I would love it if Apple or Amazon would pony up some money and pay the tier three rights. There's no such thing as tier three rights. Those don't exist. Uh, for the big 12, say 10 million per team per year, put two football games on per week online. That does not exist. Tier 3 was eliminated. All TV rights belong to ESPN and and Fox. And the best example of that is BYU TV. Right. You, like you you that all goes away now. Like you don't all of those games belong now to your to your TV partner. So a lot of people have talked about that. A lot. Um, but, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, testosterone in the abdomen, sponsored by Pokes with a Purpose. Exactly right. Damn. Gumby says, I'd rather have Apple give me a new MacBook Pro 16-inch. Okay. Yep. Okay. And Donut says, Apple and Amazon equal mega cash. 
Jeff Woodward, Apple will give college football playoff a deal where if they sell subs for them, they will give them more money. Plus, I heard their tech is Star Trek level. Maybe. I don't think there's any chance in the world that the college football playoff committee is going to approve a TV deal where they have to perform to get money. Why would you do that when ESPN is willing to pay you billions of dollars up front? There would be no reason for them to do that. I, I don't think anyway. Um, if Apple and Amazon is the highest bidder, I don't know. The networks aren't owners of these events. They just are leasers. Right. But I also think when your public cannot find your product, yeah, that's a huge problem. Yeah, I mean, there's also nothing saying that the college football playoff has to go with the highest bidder. There's no rule that says that. You're making billions of dollars on the product already. I mean, how much money do you lose by taking more money from Apple? I think you lose a significant amount. I would agree. I think you lose a significant amount. I really do. Um, Steve Stepanek, Amazon and Apple will be bought out by ESPN or FS1 sooner or later. You really think so? I mean, there's got to be a shift one way or the other. I mean, I, I, I don't know that a buyout of these two companies is yeah. what we're talking about. But like at some like with Fox, Fox's issue right now is they're just live sports and that's it. Like, yes, they have talk shows, but nobody gives a damn. Like Undisputed did this whole rollout with Lil Wayne and all this great stuff. And nobody's watching that show, man. Like I, Richard Sherman's not pulling me to that show. And so Fox is going to have to find a way at some point to come after ESPN through performance. And the only way to do that is to capture more eyes. So how do you do that? Well, yeah, one way would be to pick up an Apple or, or, or an Amazon or something like that. But I, I just it's a, that's a big ask. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by our good friends at Prize Picks, the daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Download the app. Use the link in the description below. Okay, I don't know what conference commissioner Gumby is doing. Why? Because he's in timeout again from from commenting, and it is his final timeout. Oh, damn. I've never seen that message from um, YouTube before. YouTube tells me, hey, this user's in timeout. This user's in timeout. This unit... It usually says terms of service violation for blank. Um, I've never seen a message that says this is the final timeout for conference commissioner Gumby. Dude, I don't know what you're doing or what you're commenting, but if you're cursing or whatever you're doing, I would encourage you to stop doing that. Yeah. Cause Gumby, I love you, dude, but I, that's you, not something that's in our control, man. How many times have that. you, yeah. How many times have you been in timeout, dude? Like, I don't know how many times it's, it, I never, so just so you guys know, and I wish I could show you, I don't look at the YouTube interface. Okay. I have a, we use a platform uh, that, that downloads all of the comments for us into a stream and into a stack. When you get put in timeout, I just get a notification from the YouTube app that says, Hey, terms of service violation or whatever. This is a code 10 abort. I don't know how many times Gumby's been in timeout, but as I always say, we don't block people. It's bad for business on our show. But you put yourself you put yourself in the, the crosshairs and the algorithm, dude. Like Yeah. I would encourage you not to do that. Uh all right. James says, okay, how about this? Apple or Amazon get three football games on dude. That is not possible. <laughs> 
It doesn't work that way. It's not possible. That's all done. The football games and the basketball games especially are all accounted for. That's that's done. That does not exist anymore. And it's it's there, there's this is what you're putting here is impossible. Um, basketball games a week in the winter plus some spring sports, fifteen million. It's it's not possible. It is not possible. Jim Choi, uh, Fox and ESPN ain't got snot dough to buy Jeff Bezos. Oh, sure they do. Fox may may or may not. I don't know. I can tell you for certain. ESPN and Disney could. I th- I believe with the money they have could buy the Earth. ESPN and Disney are not struggling financially. Yeah, they are not in dire straits. ESPN and Disney have the their biggest challenge is they have shareholders. They're a publicly traded company. Yeah, and it it is they have shareholders to account to. They don't sell iPhones. They don't get that. That luxury, and it's it's a huge problem in the entertainment business. Yeah, if you look across the entertainment portfolios, what's the one unit struggling at Apple? Apple Entertainment, and Amazon Sports is not profitable right now. Uh, Jeff Woodworth says free Gumby. Hey man, dude, Gumby can free himself, man. I, I like like I said, man. YouTube doesn't give us control over that. No, we have no access to help you or punish you or anything. You guys, I don't, and, and wait, I'm a, cause he's in timeout. I don't know what the timeout is. I think it's five, seven minutes. I have no idea. I don't know what your comment yesterday was the most timed out show we've ever had. And my guess is it's emojis yesterday. Cause everybody was using emojis yesterday. That gets, that puts you where you are. Um, I was unfortunately placed in timeout for repeatedly saying, by the way, I was not trying to be an ass. I just said it every time I heard it on the show. I'm a supporter of this show. When you say the same comment over and over, absolutely, it puts you in timeout. It does. Uh, Marcus Emmert, wish YouTube TV would would just come out with a sports-only pack for like 30 a month. That's coming. That's coming. And I think the they needed to prove with NFL Sunday Ticket that they could execute. Yeah. And they can execute. They've shown that. Um, Tarrant County <laughs> SMU boy, uh, Aaron type in something repeatedly, <coughs> you know, Jim Choi, YouTube is censoring the posts. They're actually not. There's a very, again, it's a publicly traded company. That's a federally regulated company. They have to have a terms of service and they do. Uh, it's fair. ESPN is 30 billion. Disney's worth 145 billion. Apple is worth a trillion. Correct. What I don't understand your point. So are you talking about like buying just because what you're worth? Do you really think what you're worth is what your value is? Those worth and value are two completely different things. You're you're worth what somebody's willing to pay. Your value is like their their value is a trillion dollars. Their worth is what somebody's willing to pay. But yeah, I I don't see I but you guys, I don't see any way, shape, or form in the next decade that Amazon and Apple merge or the most vulnerable companies probably in the world right now are like Netflix is entertainment is incredibly volatile because of how much content costs. And you look at what's going on with, um, you know, diamond sports group, perfect example, like diamond sports group, the Bally, Arizona, Bally Sports, Arizona, right. or, and Bally Sports, Arizona is probably the best example of this. 
Look at the Las Vegas Golden Knights doing a deal with Scripps Sports. Scripps Sports swooped in, signed a deal with the Las Vegas Golden Knights that puts the Las Vegas Golden Knights on in Arizona, part of Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and Idaho. They now own that territory. Oh, by the way, how much did Scripps Sports pay for that? Nothing. It's a sales deal. Scripps Sports is going to sell the inventory. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights are going to profit on that. Yeah. That's the new way. You look at this Diamond Sports Group, Valley Sports Arizona thing. They just decided to stop paying people because they were going bankrupt. Rights fees were crippling them. So now you have people like the Utah Jazz that are on local antenna TV. And they're releasing an app called, what is it, Utah Jazz Plus or whatever? Jazz Plus. Jazz Plus, where you can stream all of their games. And look at MSG in New York. You can buy Knicks and Ranger games. And you can buy them per game. I think it's $5.99. You can subscribe per month, per year, mm. per season. Like, this is the wave of the future. It is no longer a situation where, with professional sports where you can afford to pay these rights fees to teams anymore because the market is so different and fans want it on their phone. Look, dude, I just got a brand new iPhone. I can, there's nothing this phone can't do. I can stream everything. I can get every app. I can, that's the way of the future. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just the way of the future. Mike Smith, Gumby speaking up for the green guys. Okay. You know, it is what it is. Uh, conference commissioner Gumby. There he is. Today was the first time I was put in timeout on this show for beaver emojis, but I don't know what I did the last time. I would encourage you guys, like if you're going to, if your comments are not going to have words in them and you're just going to use emojis, you're going to get put in timeout. And Gumby, I'm, I'm just telling you now, YouTube told me this is your last timeout. So this could not possibly have been the first time you've been put in timeout. Could not possibly be. David C., what's up, David? Austin Powers would buy ESPN for $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Austin Powers, amazing. Legend. You know, amazing. Uh, Let's see. Casey Anthony got away with it. Pat McAfee is the jag-off of the day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. The show's just started now. Thank you. Where do you guys come come down on this this thing? Like, Like, how do you guys feel about... How do you guys feel about, you know, this Pat McAfee situation where he just went after, he just went after Washington state. And I don't under, I don't understand it. Cause it's not about protecting Lee Corso or Kirk Herbstreet. That's not what it was about. The real vitriol came out when he was told, Hey, it's 292 straight college game day shows that we've had a, a Washington state flag on the show. Like, there's a fan who goes to every college game day and flies the Washington State flag. Right. And Pat went on a tirade over it. So, I don't know. I think what's difficult is, like, <clears throat> as usual, you know, there, there, there are people on both sides of this thing. I, I fall on the side of it was irresponsible. You, you were just asking for trouble. And I think, again... I don't think Pat woke up that day and was like, hey, I'm going to find a way to crap all over Washington State fan. I, I don't think that's what Pat no. was trying to do. I, I, I think that 
this bro talk label, which I completely agree with, got him in trouble here because again, bro talk on the Pat McAfee show sometimes leads to roasting this brand or that brand or joking around or, you know, just doing whatever you want because it's your show and, you know, you built your own, you know, studio and like you're in sort of that headspace, but game day is not that. And I not think at all. that's what Pat has to figure out how to not do in a sense it's like dude you can't roll up to game day and just and just act the same way you would on the pat mcafee show even though espn brands it just saw an ad on uh we're watching the 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 uh game here the baseball game just saw an ad on youtube tv that said hey game day with the pat mcafee show so they are branding it that way but that does not mean that you can just come in here and treat game day like you would your own show that's not going to work, and that was yeah. never the agreement. And what is one of the largest searches on Google and YouTube? The Pat McAfee show. Yeah, I'm. It, it. It. He is just a behemoth of a brand. But you can't. You can't do, in my opinion, what Pat McAfee did, telling telling Utah, Washington State fans, shut up, Washington State. I'm sick of you wasting time on this show. Yeah. I don't care what he was talking about or who he was defending, supposedly. It doesn't matter. Pat's got to be better than that. Totally agree, man. Underway in Milwaukee with the Brewers and the D-backs, top of the first. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, I need Peralta to, to come correct me. Peralta's in my prize picks today. Freddie Peralta, two and a half pitcher strikeouts. All I need is is Freddie Peralta. They have three strikeouts today. I took Freddie Peralta to have less than two walks. Wow. <laughs> the cojones on this prick. Well, he only walks one guy a game. Usually. Usually. But he's 2-2. Two, two. On Corbin uh, Carroll. On Corbin Carroll, who I need to have there a game. Fly Damn. Out. Well, I'm already struggling with Corbin Carroll. Nah, he'll get it going. Because I have Corbin Carroll, seven and a half hitter fantasy this points. This game will decide my success today. Yeah. I have Zach Allen to have uh, more than three and a half strikeouts. I've got Sal Freelich, not Melick, Freelich, to have one strikeout. And then Freddie Peralta, less than two walks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Well, Boston Mapes makes a really good point. I think Rodney Harrison was worse with his attempt to bait Chris Jones. That was brutally unprofessional. And if you guys didn't see it, Rodney Harrison has been going after Zach Wilson. Yeah. Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, joined uh, the Sunday night football postgame show. Right. And Rodney Harrison just kept trying to get him to say that Zach Wilson sucks. He's terrible. He's that. And Chris Jones wouldn't take the bait. And I thought, you know what, Mapes? I think you're exactly right. I thought it was a terrible look. I thought it was a really, really bad look. And it just, yeah, it's not, it was not good. But like the difference is, with all due respect, Rodney Harrison is not Pat McAfee and NBC is not ESPN. No, no, and, it's not. And, and I, 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 you know what the difference is? I wasn't watching them do that live. You know where I found that? I found that on Twitter. And the difference is people are pissed about this because a lot more people saw Pat do this live than saw Rodney Harrison do that live. And yep, totally and, agree. And I think that that Pat was doing what he was doing in a different way than Rodney was. Rodney was intentional. 
Rodney was clearly had it out for Zach. Pat just was doing what Pat does in the day-to-day. Pat just <sighs> rolled up and was like, oh, yeah, hey, dude, uh, yeah, this is what I think. And that got him in trouble. Why are you squeezing my guy Peralta? That was on the black, sir. Ring him up, raise the arm, you prick. And he walked him. Damn it. Screw you, Peralta. Uh, and and listen, Peralta, I think it's very clear. Peralta needs to get bucked up right now. Buckedup.com presents hour number three of the Monty Show. You guys, we are so close to a major milestone uh, in, our, uh, in our efforts to push bucked up. We are really trying to get everybody to get these six free buckshot samples that we have in the description below. Uh, I just need 10 more of those today. So let's go hook it up in the description of the show below. Right. Let me see. You can see my hand right here uh, in the yeah, description below. Here. Uh, yeah. Go get the, uh, go get the free buckshot. You get six free buckshots. Um, they want you to try them for free. They'll send six right to your door. It's energy shots designed to help you have your best day, long lasting, clean energy, naturally derived caffeine sources mixed with a bunch of brain food. You guys, I'm telling you, it is absolutely the best energy shot you've ever had. I love them. We use them every day on the show. If we can get 10 people right now to go click that link in the description below, there's 250 people watching the show. I just need 10 of you to go get the uh, Buckshot sample pack in the description below. They'll send them right to your house for free. Hook it up. And again, I just tell you every day that the best part about working with Bucked Up is that their products are made and built with the very best ingredients that make the best products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. And if you're a workout guy, if you're a whey protein guy, if you're an energy drink guy, we tell you every day we drink Bucked Up Miami every single day on the show. My wife uses their endurance products. You name it, they've got it. BCAs, energy products, whey protein. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout at buckedup.com. But don't take my word for it, man. The Buckshot free samples, it's six legit Buckshots sent right to your front door right now in the description below. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. You're on the ledger here. Peralta's got his first strikeout. Really? Let's go. Yes. yes. Daniel Dixon says, drinking my can of bucked up uh, blood red right now. Let's go, Daniel. Let's go, baby. Love that so much. Um, Jeff Wibber, did you get my care package while in the slammer, Gumby? <laughs> the in the slammer. Um, in the slammer. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, again, I appreciate the support of the chat while I was locked up. Well, look, you got to do a nickel upstate when you said yeah, whatever dude. it is you said that I missed. Yeah. What a stupid son of a bitch. But I don't know. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby also says, I don't know what my first or second strike was, but YouTube's going to YouTube. It is. And, yeah, it is what it is. Ron Nolan, open your heart and shut your mouth. Okay. Uh. Okay. Okay. Know your role and shut your mouth. Exactly right. Uh, all right, so we are watching the uh, Diamondbacks and the Brewers, top of the first, two outs, no score in that game uh, in Milwaukee. So uh, Peralta pitching well in the first inning. We'll keep you up to date on that. Um, hey, I want to I get to this mock draft real quick because uh, one of the interesting things that has been coming out is this idea that the Chicago Bears – The Bears – Brewers are out of the first without Let's giving go, up a run or a hit. 
uh, no score with the Brewers coming up, um, that this idea that the Bears will have the first two picks. Mm-hmm. So I guess right off the gate, do you guys believe the Chicago Bears are the worst team in the NFL? Yes. I think it's Carolina or the Bears. And I think, man, Bryce Young's a better quarterback, and and I think their defense is a little better coordinated in Carolina. I think the Bears are the worst team. Yeah, I, I, I think the Bears are the worst team simply on the premise of they won't hire a head coach with an offensive mind. Like, you, you, you drafted a quarterback – in Justin Fields, who's very athletic, you know, somebody who is definitely flexible offensively, and you've got a defensive guy running the team. Yeah. I, I, for that very reason alone, I, I'm going to say, yeah, you are the worst team in the league because your front office is just consistently incompetent. And it is frustrating because I am not generally a team guy when the it comes to guy. football. But I did grow up on the Bears. I grew up on the Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler years like that. Those are my teams. And it's frustrating to watch this organization continue to not take that correct step to start climbing out of the dumpster. We're just sitting here on the hamster wheel making dumbass decision after dumbass decision. And it's like, man, that is why you are the worst team because – you should have the first two picks. Absolutely. But we all know you're going to trade out of one because that's what you do. Yeah, and I that's agree. what's annoying. I totally agree. And I think it is one of those things where when you look at the NFL draft in 2024, I think you have a lot of options if you're the Bears. Is it as simple as you're taking a quarterback at number one? See, I don't think it is. As Jake just so eloquently told you, the Chicago Bears are going to Chicago Bear. Yeah. The best player available does not mean who the Bears would take at number one. And if they get that number one pick, and they would have the number two pick as well, I would guess, you cannot you cannot take anything but a quarterback. Are you opinion. are you best player available guy or best player at position of need guy? If you have the number one pick, you are a really bad football team. I am the best player available in the draft. Okay. Because you have so many needs, a la the Chicago Bears. I'd take, I would probably take Caleb Williams number one. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think he's better than Drake May. Certainly. Uh, as far as NFL caliber quarterbacks in this draft, I mean, Penix has an argument, but I, I definitely think that um, Drake May would be number two. I think as quarterbacks go, I think Shador Sanders is going to go back to Colorado. I don't have any doubt about that. Agreed. But I also think that, uh, you know, when. What and I'm going to butcher his name, Alu Fashanu at at Penn State. I don't know how the Bears don't don't draft him. It's him or Joe Alt, the the tackle at Notre Dame. I, I truly don't know how you don't draft him. Well, and I think what's tough for the Bears right now is again, like I was pointing out, you have a guy in Justin Fields who is gifted with his legs. He has the ability to outrun guys right now. That's one of the ways he creates offense for you. Um, but the problem is, is he's lacking the development to look downfield. So when I'm looking at the draft, I'm saying, okay, how are we going to go about this? Are we going to try and build an offense that's surrounded by a guy who, who runs around and that's how he play makes, or are we going to try and find another guy in the draft that can be our quarterback? Who's much more of a traditional NFL quarterback and we need to build an offensive line. Yeah. Because if you're going to sit here and be an organization that continues to have a bad offensive line and essentially a guy who's not ready to win at quarterback, 
you're never going to get anywhere anyway. So my philosophy is, okay, you got to go one of two ways here. You either need to go all in on building an offensive line and understanding you're going to continue to struggle, but hopefully it slowly gets better. Or we need to go all in on a quarterback and a playmaker to supplement that offensive line. Because if I can go in and let's just Caleb Williams as an example, yep. you know, the best quarterback in the draft, plus a playmaker who whatever your cup of tea is, a Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, Keon Coleman, whoever whoever, whatever name you want, Brock Bowers, right? Like you need a big name guy. So that's my point with the Bears is like I think definitively are they are the worst team in the league. No doubt. And I think it has nothing to do with Justin Fields. And it has everything to do with that war room. Because they don't have a direction with the franchise. You notice every good every good franchise in this league has a direction that they're going. And the ones who don't typically suck. Yeah, I agree. And I, I you know, as a long suffering Bears fan, I can tell you the number one need of this franchise is to identify which they've never been able to do. Mm -hmm. Identify an elite quarterback that you can build this franchise around. Now, I'm also on the record and notoriously anti-Justin Fields. I don't believe that Fields is an NFL quarterback. I've never yes. believed that Fields has been an NFL quarterback. Yeah, you've I, been on that train for a while. We've talked about we talked about it in the preseason when everybody was like MVP candidate. I think it's embarrassing that there were were people in the national and local Chicago media saying that Justin Fields was an MVP candidate <laughs> after he threw three passes. Two of them went for touchdowns. None of them were over the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And they're calling this kid an MVP. Like, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. And I just don't understand how that happens. But if I were the Chicago Bears, I would draft – I would probably take Caleb Williams number one, and I would take Joe Alt from Notre Dame number two, the mm -hmm. tackle – um, and then, I mean, if you look at the, the Raiders are probably number three, I think you have to go Drake May. I don't think there's any doubt Drake May is the second best quarterback in this draft. Now, if Shador Sanders is available, that may be a different discussion. I'm not convinced he will be. And Shador is another one of these guys, much like Caleb Williams, who is going to want to pick where he goes. And I, do you think that exists, guys picking where they want to go? I don't. I don't. I think... Most guys are smart enough to understand that if you're going to be drafted, and how many guys are actually going to be in a position? Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick in any draft he's in. Right. He can write his own ticket. There is no question about that. He can write his own ticket. But how many guys, is Brock Bowers or Jared Verse or, um, you know, J.C. Latham from Alabama um, you know, pick your poison. Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama, who I think will go in the top 15 picks. Right. You know, are any of those guys going to have a, a, the ability to write their own ticket? They're not because you're not good enough. Yeah. You have to be elite. And he, they're not elite. Caleb Williams is elite. Caleb Williams is in control of his destiny. And I think it's very difficult um, to believe that you're in control of your destiny because you're not. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line for me anyway. Uh, all right. Casey Anthony giving us $10 to be way off topic. Don't worry, Wazoo, Oregon, Boise, Fresno, all these other teams will be SMU, Stanford, Cal, BC, Wake Forest in the future ACC. Notre Dame gets its way. Okay. That's cool. Great. You just gave us $10 to be way off topic. Now, back to the NFL mock draft. Uh, what do you guys think the Bears need to do? Mike Smith. 
Bears need to revamp their scout department, and once they get a better group, the war room needs to value the ranking and not just go off on need. I would guess. But but have they really gone off on need? I mean, honestly, like, okay, you need a quarterback, but the problem is you you identified the wrong guy. So I do agree the scouting department needs work, no doubt. But I don't know. I guess with quarterbacks, it's it's very it's a very biased thing because a lot of guys in the league will tell you, hey, yeah, you got to be able to run around. I'm the guy, you know, that says, hey. Yeah, sure, you need to be able to escape pressure, but I don't need you running all over the field. I need you standing in the pocket and throwing the football. You need to be a dual threat at times. But when you look at a guy like a Daniel Jones, you look at a guy like a Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson is this guy. When your first instinct is run, run, run because you don't have confidence in your throw, Zach Wilson, it becomes a problem for you. Yeah, and, then and you have to. Zach is starting to throw better when he trusts what he sees. You have. I was just going to say, you have to trust what you see. Caleb Williams trusts what he sees. Caleb Williams is that dual threat quarterback who runs to create space to throw. That's as simple as it is. Lamar Jackson's getting there because I think Lamar Jackson is evolving as a quarterback. But it, we talked about we ranked quarterbacks today right now. I, don't, I still don't put him in the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. I would much rather have a guy like Justin Herbert who runs to create throwing lanes and is a wonderful thrower of the football. I would, I would much rather have that over Daniel Jones, over you know, Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richardson, who's had multiple injuries already. Yeah, I'd far rather have a guy that's in the pocket throwing the football than a guy who's running around. And I, I just... Yeah. Mm. Bryce Martin, uh, my issue with Caleb is he still uh, gives Heisman effort if he goes to the Bears or Broncos. I don't know the answer to that question. Will he still give Heisman effort? I have to think he will. Well, I think the hard part, too, is like he can decide. Like When you say Heisman effort, so let's understand something very clearly. When you play in a Lincoln-Riley offense, it's built for you to put up numbers if you have talent. It, truly, it is. Absolutely. And, and if you're Caleb Williams, dude, w- w- there are different definitions of Heisman-level effort in the league versus at USC. Because in the league, if you're, uh, what, Broncos or Bears, dude, you're playing in a garbage offense. Like, with you all are. due respect to Sean Payton, that offense is not good. And it's better than it was last year, but it's nothing compared to what we had with Breeze and company at the Superdome. So, to me, I look at Caleb Williams and I'm saying, sure, he's the effort will be there. I, I I don't doubt that, but is he going to be the one that breaks the USC quarterback streak? Like the it, it's not even the USC thing. You know what? My biggest issue, and I'll talk specifically to the Bears. Okay, it's not that you missed on Patty Ice. It's not that you missed on Patty Ice. Mm-hmm. It's that you didn't build an offense to support Trubisky. It's that simple. You haven't built an offense to support Justin Field. What on earth makes you think that they're going to build an offense to support Caleb Williams? <laughs> I, I would not think that they would. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I would not think that they would. Yeah, there's and nothing that suggests they would. Nothing. Absolutely nothing would tell me that they would. Uh, Casey Anthony for $2. The Bears' biggest obstacle is the Bears. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, shit, dude. Sherlock. I agree with that. was well worth the $2. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how you have uh, 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 an original NFL franchise 
And you've truly never had a grade-A quarterback. How, Never. Not bro? one time. Like, you know how good it would be for the league if the Bears were even a playoff team? If the Bears had the best quarterback in the NFL, would he be the best quarterback in the NFL because they wouldn't build a system <laughs> around him? That's what terrifies me. But, the ownership does not invest in player development. Yeah. We never have. Yeah. We never have. Yeah. Never. Uh, Jim R says we need the next Jimbo Covert. Let's go. Good old number 74. Who the f is that guy? Keith Van Horn. Let's go. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Bears drafting. Bo Nix would be the most Bears thing. To I think Bo's going to be a fine pro. He won't be, <coughs> he won't be tremendous, but he also won't be, you know, he's not going to be elite. Uh, but Bo Nix is not a, a, probably a first three round quarterback. No, Bo Nix. The, my issue at the pro level with Bo Nix is I don't believe that mentally he's as good as Justin Herbert was or as these premier throwing guys no. are. I think Bo Nix dominates college football because he can outrun you and he knows his offense. And so he understands where guys are going to be based on the base defense sitting in front of him. The problem is at the pro level, you got to know more about the defense you're playing than that. And I think... Bo Nix at the pro level is probably, you know, he's definitely better than Baker Mayfield, but he's got no business being in the top cut of NFL quarterbacks. 100%. 100%. 100%. And he's not Penix. He's not even, I mean, in college, he is arguably the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Sure. Yeah. But it is what it is. All right. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you donate. They're trying to give homeless kids a Halloween costume. Hook it up. Uh, Advocates donations on Venmo or get to theadvocates.com and chat them up. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.